You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 59 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars The Force Awakens and uh, Rogue One and the uh, upcoming episode 8 and 9 and anthology films and all that other great stuff. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. And can you believe it's already a month since Celebration (laughs) has flown by so fast? (sighs) Wow. Not even celebration. As we're recording this episode on May 18th, tomorrow is going to be the 10-year anniversary of when Revenge of the Sith came out. To me, that's just crazy. Because waiting for episode one during 98 and the beginning of 99, it sent like an eternity. And episode three just sent like an imagination, a dream that's as far off into the distance. And now that it's 10 years old, and the fact we got episode seven coming out this year, it's just crazy how time's flying by. Now, these next few months just has to fly by a little faster so we can get to the Force Awakens. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's crazy because on the one hand, like it almost seems like it was just yesterday. But then on the other hand, you think about all the Star Wars stuff that's come out since then. Um, and it's like, yeah, I guess that kind of does seem like a while ago because, you know, since then, obviously we had like five and a half seasons of Clone Wars and you know, the Lego Star Wars games and the Force Unleashed and Rebels and all this other kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, man, 10 years, that that doesn't feel like that long. But also, since Celebration, I mean, man, that was already a month ago. Um, yeah, it feels like it's still been like last weekend or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, the, the buzz has finally died down. Um, you know, we're kind of back to the real world and off that Star Wars high, except then there was a whole nother, uh, you know, influx of, of Star Wars news and excitement and stuff. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, as we celebrated May the 4th and, uh, you know, sort of the unofficial Internet Star Wars Day. Which um, needs to become official. And come on, it needs to be a national holiday. It, a worldwide it pretty holiday. much is at this point. I mean, I was getting emails from like Think Geek and IGN and all these other websites with, you know, online Star Wars deals and all this kind of stuff. So it needs to um, get to the point where you get the day off of work, kids get the day off of school, and we can just all enjoy Star Wars that day. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this year, it seemed like this was the first time that it turned into like a whole week of stuff. Um, you know, by the end of the the week, there were still deals going on and people posting Star Wars stuff. And, you know, I, I saw several references to just Star Wars week. And I was like, wait, since when is it Star Wars week? Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining because uh, we're, we're going to start celebrate Star Wars for a whole week. OK, I guess I'll just go watch that trailer again, even though it's <laughs> not May 4th anymore. I know, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like I said, it just needs to get to that point where we get days off from work and school. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Well, see, if they ever release a Star Wars movie on May 4th, then we'll all just take the day off. From yeah, yeah anyway. places, businesses, and schools should just close if that ever happens because no one's going to be there <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but uh, so so let's jump into some of this news and talk about some of this stuff that came out for May 4th, because uh, obviously, you know, sort of right on the heels of Star Wars Celebration, we got another big batch of um, particularly, you know, Episode 7 news. Um, and sort of the, the big thing that this was all centered around was that uh, the Vanity Fair issue for this past month. Um, or I guess technically it's the June issue or something that comes out in May. And yeah, technically. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't pay attention to the date. I just bought it online as soon as it was available so I could read this really long, in-depth, really great article about all this Star Wars stuff. But before the magazine actually came out, um, you know, on May 4th and the rest of that week, they were um, releasing some little tidbits and, uh, you know, a lot of um, official photos, like behind the scenes from on set. Um, and some information about some new characters and whatnot. Uh, we got our first official reveal of Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. Um, so we've got official confirmation on that now. Uh, we also have official confirmation of the name Captain Phasma for the Chrome Stormtrooper, and that it's played by Gwendolyn Christie. Um, so a lot of the stuff that you know we've kind of assumed and heard rumored for a long time. But it was funny how it, when we were at Celebration... Um, and you're around people who are obviously you know, huge Star Wars fans and love this stuff as much as we do, but maybe don't follow some of the rumors and stuff as much as we do. Um, you know, I talked to some people who were convinced that, like, Dom Hall Gleason was going to be Kylo Ren or Adam Driver was playing the Chrome Trooper. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be a twist if it does. That does end up happening because, like you said, all we've been hearing so much ever since they were cast, like, Adam Driver is the bad guy. And then when he got. The name was revealed, Kylo Ren. Adam Driver's Kylo Ren, and then Gwendolyn Christie's playing the Chrome Trooper. So, yeah, it wasn't a huge shock, but the fact that it got confirmation is just—it's always great to know, so that we can officially, finally start calling the characters by their names and knowing what uh, characters certain actors are playing. No more saying like, assuming Adam Driver is <laughs> Kylo Ren, we could just say Adam Driver is Kylo Ren, and no more calling the, the Chrome Storm Trooper. We could start calling her Captain Phasma. So, yeah, just great to finally have confirmation on all this stuff. And man. Uh, that image of Captain Phasma, oh, it's <laughs> so, so good. I could not stop staring at it when it first came out. It's my desktop background right now, almost on everything. That, like, phone, computer, everything I use, that's the the background. It just looks so, so cool. Every time I see an image of Captain Phasma, man, she just looks so awesome. And it's kind of getting to the point where don't want to, like, built her up too high where she's not in it that much <laughs> and they'll say like the whole thing was you know boba fett and darth maul i think she's gonna be that type of character but oh yeah definitely i think she's just, the boba, i think she's the boba fett of this movie yeah there's just something about her that just has this presence i think it's good she's gonna be more than what those two characters were in their movies so but i think uh, this is just pure speculation on my part nothing like rumor reports that i read or anything but i don't think she's gonna survive the movie i think there's gonna have to be some bad guy who's gonna die in this film i think she's going to be the one because i'm expecting adam driver to kind of be like the darth vader be the main bad guy for all three so we'll see what happens but man i just can't wait to see her on screen she's gonna be so so cool Hmm. well i think the other i mean the other thing that obviously we don't have any official confirmation on yet but that uh you know a lot of people we've talked to have speculated about um i I think a lot of people think that there's going to be another uh sort of a a bigger, more powerful, more ominous, but like more shadowy background kind yeah. of villain in this movie, like an Emperor Palpatine type character, basically who might be p- played by Andy Serkis or Max von Sydow or somebody like that, um, who we haven't really seen yet, except for maybe in the background of a shot in the, the newer trailer. But, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Captain Phasma surviving, I don't know, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I can see what you're saying. Like, if I, I think either her or um, Kylo Ren, I think one of those two has to die. Yeah. Um, but maybe not necessarily. I mean, maybe there can be a movie where all the bad guys survive for once. And the and heroes the hero, still they, succeed yeah. at blowing up a battle station or something. I don't know. And the heroes are the one who loses a few characters, maybe. Well, that'd be pretty Yeah. Easy. Or at least, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of us are still expecting that the heroes are going to le- lose at least one big character in this movie. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that was cool in this article, um, the, the one other new reveal that we got is uh, that Lupita Nyong'o is indeed playing a... CGI motion captured character uh, and we can finally stop calling her Rose because she's yeah. playing a pirate character named Maz Kanata um, and actually I think my favorite image out of these is probably the picture of just all the aliens and droids and riffraff looking people uh, just hanging around and it says galactic travelers smugglers and other assorted riffraff fill the main hall of pirate Maz Kanata's castle and what I love about this picture specifically is, um, I mean, obviously, like, half the people in this picture are humans, um, but then all of the the aliens and the droids and the people wearing, like, masks or helmets or anything like that, it's all completely new. Like, as far as I can tell, we haven't seen any of these creatures before, except that there's one short little toad-looking alien dude whose head looks almost exactly like a Rancor. So... I'm like, I don't know if this is like some sort of baby human <laughs> rancor hybrid or something. But aside from that, I mean, there are no Rodians, Twi'leks, uh, you know, Tegruda, anything like that. Um, although the guy in the middle also looks like he could possibly maybe be a fat Trandoshan. But yeah, um, I was thinking that. And then on the far left, it looks like that could be a skinny headed Thor- Thorian <laughs> with a beard. But, uh, yeah, maybe uh, a distant like might, cousin. <laughs> yeah, it could be like one of those uh, species that are kind of related. Kind of like I know like the Duros and uh, Nemodians are kind of like somewhat related in species, but yet they're different. So maybe it's something like that. But though, like you said, the fat Trandoshan and the skinny-headed Anthorias, <laughs> those are the only two where it's like those could be like different versions of those species. But then again, they could be completely new too, just maybe a little similar. Yeah, but the thing I love about this is, I mean – this all looks it's it's all new it's all different but it all looks like it completely fits in with star wars totally um, yeah you know, and and i mean obviously i've said this from the beginning from that very first video with jj abrams on set in abu dhabi where they were filming uh if i still want to say tatooine now we know it's jakku yeah. but um you know that desert marketplace where we saw some aliens and people and stuff in the background and i was like you know i, I mean all along i've said some stuff I think looks really cool, like Kylo Ren's mask. And for the stuff that doesn't get me super excited, the the least I can say is it looks like it fits in with the Star Wars universe. And it looks like it's just going to sort of blend into the background and, you know, not going to like stick out like a sore thumb or anything like that. And that's how I feel like feel about all of this, except in this case, I think it's it's almost more impressive that, um, you know, they're they're creating all these new alien species new looking droids all this kind of stuff um and yet they they look so star wars that these could have been 
you know, extras in the background of the Moss Eisley Cantina that just nobody has spotted for all these years. Or they could have been, you know, costumes for, you know, costumed extras in that scene that George just didn't end up didn't end up shooting or didn't end up putting in the movie. Like these guys could have been sitting off screen in that scene or something like that. Um, it just uh, it, it looks like it's going to just all blend together so well. Yep. And another two characters that caught my eye in this image, it was on the far right. See that character in red? Yeah. Does that mask remind you of General Grievous at all? A little bit. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a Kalish, the species of Grievous, but I don't know. There's that, something about that mask that seems familiar to what Grievous wore. Just like the front part of it. Like, I mean, the side of it's a different, but they're kind of sticking yeah. out there. But yeah, just the front of like how the design and the shape of the mask is reminding me of Grievous. And then behind him, there's another character in a helmet. Now, when I first saw the image, I was like, that kind of looks like a Mandalorian helmet to me. But then when I got, I got the magazine and better quality images came out, now it's looking kind of like the old school Stormtrooper helmet, just kind of painted dark and with uh, some writing on there. I don't know. What do you think that guy in the far background, did that jump out to you looking like a Stormtrooper at all? Um, well, now I'm going to have to pull up the, the full screen picture in my digital magazine. Here. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, because it looks when I look at it, it looks pretty similar. Almost maybe a little bit like a Tie Fighter too, but since it's dark, it has that Tie Fighter feel. But the shape of it and the design reminds me a lot like a Stormtrooper. Like it could actually be a Stormtrooper helmet painted and then just designed to whoever this pirate character is. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's hard to tell because yeah, can't you be the, in the front of this picture? <laughs> the, yeah, it's like the helmet is like dark gray silver ish and then has like black markings or a visor or something on it. So yeah, it's, it's hard to tell, but, um, yeah, cause I think that'd be cool. I mean, hmm. just while the picture is described as being a castle for pirates and smugglers, I mean, that seems pretty cool. But a little, I don't know what, I think it's a little similar to Java's palace, but different enough where it's not like a gangster running it. It's a pirate leader in Mas Kanata, which I think is cool and sets it apart from being different than Java. So yeah, I like the idea that maybe there's some pirate out there who's used, still using old Stormtrooper armor or when I first saw it, thinking Mandalorian armor, but I think that'd be cool if some of that old stuff is still being used by like pirates and smugglers who just can, like, like the only thing they can get their hand on and they're using it. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, man, I can't wait till like 10 or 15 years from now when we're playing, you know, new Star Wars video games or, you know, the the 13th expansion of Star Wars, the Old Republic or whatever. And it's like all (laughs) these kind of characters, you know, just populating the background and they're like the random citizens that you talk to and stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Like, like when the prequels came out, they had a vast variety of new alien species that developers can choose from. And now with this new trilogy, just from The Force Awakens and that image alone, it's just going to double <laughs> the amount of different alien species they could use. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, I do hope we still see some of the old familiar ones. I mean, obviously, we're going to have Chewie, but, um, you know, I'm sure we'll still probably see some of the old favorites, you know, Rodians and Twi'leks, etc. But, um, man, I, I really was surprised when I saw this and saw just how many new things they came up with and just that it all looks like just this seamless continuation of what's come before it. So I know now here's the question I have about where this palace is. Do you think it's on Jakku or are they going to travel from Jakku like to this planet, wherever Maz Kanata is on? 
Well, we've heard rumors and, you know, read some descriptions of leaked concept art and stuff saying that there was a pirate hideout on, you know, a, a different planet, like on a city by some water or something. I'm still hoping that this is the planet, uh, Rishi from Star Wars The Old Republic, which is also, it's like a lush jungle planet that's, you know, kind of lawless and home to pirates and smugglers and stuff. Um, so even though, you know, obviously I'm not expecting them to incorporate a lot from that game into this movie, at the same time, I'm like, they know it's out there and it would fit perfectly for what they're trying to do here. Um, I don't necessarily think this is on Jakku. Um, cause wherever it ends up being, I do think this might be, you know, when they leave Jakku, maybe this is their first stop along mm-hmm. the way. Um, so I'd expect this to kind of be like the middle act of the movie. Maybe. Yeah. I know we've heard reports too, or, or rumors that when they meet up with Maz Kanata, that she's going to be joining them on their adventure too. So like I said, maybe this is like the second stop. And then from there, she'll join up with them with the lightsaber. Cause we assume that's where they're going to either get info on this lightsaber and to where we're all suspecting when that trailer came out that the alien character who was handing the lightsaber to Leia was back then. We didn't know her name was being uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character and her codename Rose. So now this go, we still don't, that was one disappointment I had with this whole vanity fair thing. I mean, we got the announcement that Lupita Nyong'o's playing Maz Kanata, but the only images we got of her like doing the mocap stuff, her in the mocap suit, we didn't get like an official image of the alien a species of what she's going to look like in the movie. I thought maybe we we're going to get that, but we didn't because I still think that's end up going to be her hand handing that lightsaber to Leia at some point in the movie. So there was one small little complaint I had about the whole issue of that we didn't get the full reveal of Maz Kanata and what she's going to look like. Uh, well, I'm sure that'll come sooner or later, especially now that they've you know revealed yeah. the name of the character and who's playing her and everything. I think that'll probably be the next character that we get an official reveal of. Um, but then, I mean, some of the other new images that we've got, like you said, there's the, the image of Captain Phasma um, looking really cool, you know, standing in front of a flame next to a burned out temple or something like that, looking like it's probably, um, you know, some rubble, the aftermath of a, a first order attack on somewhere. You see, what if that is Maz Kanata's uh, castle? It very well could be. Yeah. <laughs> um, wouldn't really surprise me either, especially if she ends up working with the uh, the resistance and you know sort of helping them fight the the first order or helping them figure out where to find Luke or take his lightsaber or whatever the case may be. Um, then we've got uh, an image of Daisy Ridley on her speeder bike on Jakku talking to J.J. Abrams and he's kind of giving her direction. We've got some more. Uh, costumed extras just kind of wandering around in sand scavenger looking outfits. Um, yeah, kind of, um, there were some different ones, but I believe there was one of them in there that was at the force awakens exhibit at celebration. Cause I remember that was the first time we saw those costumes of like the check scavenger right. and stuff. So yeah, unfortunately I don't really remember cause I didn't pay too close attention to those two outfits. Cause I was just too busy looking at, I mean, the Kylo Ren outfit yeah. <laughs> and the Stormtrooper costumes and the BB-8 that was sitting on a pedestal right next to those yeah. <laughs> uh, Jakku scavengers. Um, then we've also got this really cool shot of uh, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron just kind of hanging off the side of his X-Wing fighter, looking off into the distance, all, you know, heroic hero pose looking kind of thing. I mean, this is like 
one of those I, I could see this becoming like an iconic shot that mm. you know people are still using in articles and stuff like years from now when they're talking about the new Star Wars movies because this is uh, you know it, I, I think it says a lot about his character um, obviously you know the fact that he's a, a pilot and a you know not just a pilot but a talented and uh, confident pilot and um, yeah, I don't know I mean this is just a, a cool image right here i mean it, it almost looks a little bit similar to luke when he's kind of staring off into the twin sunset of tatooine except it's less sort of longing to be out there and more like yeah i'm a cool dude yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he said it at the panel like he's the best freaking pilot in the galaxy <laughs> yeah. like he said that image kind of displays or conveys that attitude that he has for that and another cool one i mean probably my favorite after the Captain Phasma one, I mean, surprise, it has troopers in it. I mean, the one with <laughs> Kylo Ren walking, you see the two snow troopers behind him. Uh, maybe not quite as cool as, uh, I think, the snow troopers for Empire, but so I just love this setting of a snow planet. I'm just glad we're getting that again. And then just this uh, being described as a hidden base for the First Order. So it's kind of funny that um, they're the ones that have a, a secret base when we're just so used to like the good guys in the original trilogies being the ones who had the secret base and had to find different locations to keep away from the Empire. Yeah. Now we're seeing the First Order is the one that has a secret base. And it might just be something where not really they're hiding, but it's something they don't want the rest of the galaxy to know about, so they went to this remote planet. So I thought that was interesting, too, that they described it as a secret base. But yeah, yeah just seeing those snowtroopers and with got Adam Driver there leading them just looks so cool. I just love how that image looks. Yeah, well, and obviously from the shot we see in the trailer of what I'm assuming is this base that they're talking about, um, you know, it's got anti-aircraft cannons, it's got TIE fighters parked outside, and it's got an entire legion of stormtroopers just kind of standing around out in the courtyard. So, yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be secret in the sense that it's like hidden away you need a secret entrance and a password and stuff to be able to find it but it's just i mean the fact that it's on this snow planet that i'm guessing is pretty remote and out of the way and you know harsh climate and everything kind of like hoth was um you know except you know echo base was in a cave so that would be a little harder to find but they have the shield generator sitting right out there and a big freaking ion cannon sticking out of the snow. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously it's kind of hard to hide a military base when you're making it that big and got that many troops and everything. But yeah, it's like, it's on a planet that it doesn't seem like, uh, it's a planet that people would think to look on. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, obviously a cool image here. Now here's a question for you, Tim, cause I've talked to some other people about this. Do you think that, um, you know, obviously we've we've got this image here of Kylo Ren without his mask on, and we see it's it's Adam Driver's face. Do you think that's actually what he's going to look like in the movie, or do you think he might still be? Uh, I mean, you know, we've seen some of that concept art with him being part mechanical, or do you think he might be like partially scarred or something? Because um, I, I kind of get the feeling that the that this picture is just to reveal to us who's playing that character. I don't think we'll actually see him like that in the movie, but that's just my take on it you see i think he's gonna look like this in the movie but by the end and he's gonna we know he's gonna get into a lightsaber fight i think that's where he's gonna get messed up but then some of those concept arts we saw of him with the scars and like the robotic implants and the stuff on his face i think by the end of the movie that's what he's gonna look like mm -hmm. and yeah i'm hoping like here's my ultimate <laughs> wish that i hope happens is that 
he gets into a battle and the person who does that to him is Luke. <laughs> I mean, how cool would that be? But I think no matter who we fight, whether it's Luke, Ray, Finn, maybe even Poe Dameron, that somehow he's going to get scarred. And I mean, with the rumors is that Kylo Ren is someone who's like a Sith fanatic and someone who collects Sith artifacts. And from the trailer, we see that burnt Darth Vader helmet and we've seen concept art images. What it looks like is Kylo Ren holding it. So maybe he's kind of view that as appropriate and maybe that's like his wish where he's going to embrace like the scars and whatever of those like deformities that he might get from a battle and just embrace it to be more like Vader or whatever so yeah I think he'll look like that during most of the movie but by the end we're not going to be seeing much of Adam Driver's real face <laughs> it's going to be either in that mask or it's going to be scarred yeah that's that could be interesting and I, I can't help but wonder if that would be too much of like Vader all over again um, if we see him you know, lose a battle, get horribly scarred and deformed and go through this process of getting, you know, mechanical replacements, implants, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm also thinking, I mean, now that we've seen him and I'm like, if he does look like this in the movie, then um, that concept art of the the cyborg or whatever, who at the time was, you know, everybody was calling him the Inquisitor. And we were thinking like, oh, this might be an Inquisitor leftover from Star Wars Rebels or something. Um, but you know, now I'm thinking like, if that character is still in the movie, then maybe that's the sort of the, the bigger overlord type character that that's we're, true too. we're thinking yeah. about. Um, or maybe that was just an early concept of Kylo Ren and they decided, you know, instead of making him a cyborg, let's just make him have a really cool mask instead. Yeah. Um, and it could be too somewhere. Maybe he does get scarred at the end, but then he'll just go on having wearing that mask that we already saw for like the rest of the next two movies or the rest of the force awakens too, where he'll never take it off. Yeah. So yeah, even if he does get <laughs> scarred and messed up and everything, I, I still definitely hope he keeps that mask because I freaking love that mask. Yeah. Or if it gets lost in battle or something, hopefully he makes a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then of course, um, the one other, image that we have yet to mention but that is maybe arguably the best of the bunch but it's i mean it's hard to pick one because they're all so great but the cover image itself which of course you know yeah. was the first thing that we saw when they announced that um you know maybe like a week ahead of time or something they announced that we'd be getting more stuff in the may 4th or on may 4th um but yeah just the cover photo for this magazine where um it's uh, Han, Chewie, Ray, Finn, and BB-8 all sitting together in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Um, and, I mean, man, that is just another, you know, a great shot there of, you know, sort of bringing together the old cast and the new cast. And, um, you know, we're, Chewie, we're back home on the Falcon. It's, uh, man, that's just a great shot right there. Yeah, this was another, like, goosebump image for me. Almost, well, actually, I, if I remember right, because Vanity Fair on Sunday night, um, technically Monday morning at 12 a.m. Eastern, but 9 p.m. Pacific over here. They posted a like one minute behind the scenes video of showing um, Annie Leibovitz who took all these great photos like on the set taking photos, and then they showed this shot where it's all uh, four of them, uh, five including BB-8, <laughs> on the set of the Falcon taking that photo. It just looked so cool. I mean, seeing Han and Chewie in the Falcon, but then like I said, with new characters, Ray Finn and BB-8, it was just really cool. Like I, said, I got goosebumps when I saw that, and then. When I went to the bookstore to pick it up, seeing that on the bookshelf right there, it just looked really cool. Seeing like Star Wars is back now. This is like the first step in 
when we're going to be seeing Star Wars on like all media stuff, magazines and probably like uh, TV guides and all those type of stuff. It's going to be dominating that probably when we get to November, December. But this is our first step of it right here. It's just really cool to see. Just a perfect image. And that's another thing. I was just so glad that when I heard about this, that Vanity Fair was doing this again. Because when the prequels came out, especially in 99, I think that one came out February 99, that was such a big deal, that first episode one Vanity Fair issue. I mean, had some great shots and stuff that wasn't even in the movie where you see Obi-Wan fighting Darth Maul on Tatooine. <laughs> just really cool images. Huh. And then you even got... I believe they revealed like, the first few paragraphs of the episode one crawl in there. So that made me think, are we going to get that for The Force Awakens in this issue? But we didn't. But it was just that excitement of kind of waiting to see what's going to be in this article and the new images that we're going to get. It was just so cool because I love getting every prequel issue for Vanity Fair when they came out. So that's just part of my like uh, fanboy excitement and just, I guess, uh, reminiscence of the prequel days were that was exciting for those and now it's starting again for the sequel trilogy so i'm just really happy vanity fair is doing it again because it woke that excitement up again like you talked about in the beginning the celebration high was kind of going down going back to our everyday lives but then when may the fourth hit and we got this article and these all images it just rose back up again so it's just really cool that not only for the force awakens but i'm expecting now we're going to be getting this for episodes eight and nine too and hopefully the anthology films because i just hope it's a tradition that Lucasfilm and Star Wars continues with Vanity Fair because they do such a great job on these articles. Yeah, it was great. And uh, I mean, I, it, it was a nice surprise for me because when the prequels came out, I was too young to care or know what Vanity Fair was. And I never read any of those issues. But um, yeah, I mean, coming off of Celebration, you know, I, I was still kind of riding that wave of excitement, but wasn't expecting that we'd get any more big info about the movie until you know, maybe San Diego Comic-Con or somewhere around there. And I was thinking for May 4th, they might reveal something online, you know, maybe give us, uh, you know, an image of a new character or reveal some little new piece of info or something. But I was not expecting you know, all the new images and info and stuff that we got. And, uh, I mean, we've just talked about, um, you know, just basically the info that we got just from the images that were in here. And that's not to say anything about the article itself, which is yeah. really long and in depth. And, uh, I mean, man, if you haven't read this article yet, uh, and you're, you're interested in, uh, well, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a star Wars fan, I don't know what you're doing, but, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you love star Wars, but especially if you love the process behind, you know, making movies and that sort of thing, um, and you haven't read this this article yet, definitely either go out to, you know, a bookstore or whatever and pick up the issue or, you know, on your computer right now, just go get the digital issue um, from any of these, like, digital magazine sites. I got mine on Zinio.com, uh, Z-I-N-I-O. You know, any, anything like that. And it's just five bucks for this issue, um, and there's a lot of great in-depth, behind-the-scenes kind of stuff in there. Um, one interesting thing that we did uh, get revealed that you know we've been wondering about for a while now um, is the the article actually gave a little bit more information about the departure of Michael Arndt from the project, um, and it basically it seems like what it just boiled down to was he was just taking too long to write the script. Um, you know, it was like six months before they were start supposed to start production, um, and they still didn't have a script. And, you know, he, he still hadn't like pieced an entire draft together. And so at that point they kind of just let him go. And, uh, JJ Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan were like, okay, we're gonna just, you know, get together and start this over from scratch and, uh, go from there. Actually, I think, I, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but I feel like that must've been less than six months before 
production was supposed to start because they also said that it was around that time when they pushed the release date back from you know summer 2015 to December and gave themselves a little bit more breathing room. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was cool to uh, just read about all this behind the scenes stuff going on and sort of their process on writing a new Star Wars movie and trying to get the right balance of old and new and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, it was even funny when the the person who wrote the article was talking about sitting in a room with J.J. Abrams and some people, you know, reviewing a scene for the movie, and J.J.'s uh, like, oh, stop it right there. You see where they're flying over those sand dunes? Like, I want to put Jar Jar's bones in there as an Easter egg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like, only three people will see it, but they'll love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course – those three people will post it online and then everybody is going to go and be like pausing it at that point at the movie. Cause I'm sure a lot of people want to see that. Yeah. It's going to be like that R2 in the, the first Star Trek movie he did all over again. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> even fun. more so than that, because you know, so many people out there just want to see Jar Jar Binks dead myself, not necessarily one of them, but you know, um, I'm sure that would gain jj abrams a lot of brownie points with uh some of the more original trilogy purists out there yeah speaking of that there was like one of probably my favorite parts of the article and like you said the whole thing about them working on a script was just real fascinating getting that inside look of how like almost scrambled they were to get it done and just hearing him and kaz and talk about it like they went to this like uh french bar or something where it's like they were mapping everything out they're like i hope there's like no one like no internet blogger here who hears us talking about <laughs> the yeah. plot for the next Star Wars movie. But there was uh, something JJ said about the prequels that I thought was pretty interesting. Where I mean, as someone who loves the prequels, I mean I can hand, take it with someone who doesn't like it. It's not for them. That's fine. But there's one thing that really irritates me is when you get someone who says they're a Star Wars fan and they just assume that every other Star Wars fan hates the prequels. They go, no, Disney should do everyone a favor and just reboot the prequels and get rid of them. Every single Star Wars fan would applaud them for that. It's like, no, they wouldn't. I mean, that just maybe shows how not in touch you are with Star Wars fandom. So the fact that some people generalize that every single Star Wars fan hates the prequels, it's like, I, that bugs the heck out of me. So mm-hmm. in this article, JJ goes on to say that I know there are many people who love and in some cases even prefer the prequels, and, and I know why they were necessary for George. But then he goes on to kind of say how they're still, as we know, going for that more of that original trilogy feel to it. But just the fact that he says that he understands there's fans of the prequels who love them and who exactly prefer them to the original trilogy. I mean, like, J.J. gets it. Now, I'm not sure if he necessarily likes them or not. I kind of get the feeling he's not the biggest fan of the prequels, but he doesn't generalize that oh, since I don't like him, no one else must not like him. He understands that they're there, they have their fans. So I'm just kind of glad to hear him say that because that stuff annoys the heck out of me when someone just generalizes that no Star Wars fans like them. So mm-hmm. that got my attention. And then also, too, another big thing that's been kind of making the rounds, like even before Celebration, was the whole how much of Lucas' story are they using? Like, did they change all of it? But there was a section in there where... Um, Kathleen Kennedy actually said um, that we've made some departures from Lucas's ideas, but only in exactly the way you would in any development process. So, again, that just kind of reaffirms from what I thought, too, even though Lucas says they changed everything, they're not using any of his ideas. The basic story structure of the film, I think, is going to be there. And I kind of mentioned that one of the things they're changing is that the characters are going to be older, where maybe in Lucas's job, they're like younger teenagers like then they kind of said that maybe they didn't want to go the episode one route with the nine-year-old anakin and the 14-year-old amadala again but um just again 
for me anyway, it just reaffirms that Lucas ideas aren't totally like in the trash. <laughs> they didn't use anything from that, but we're still going to see some of his stuff in there. So that Abrams comments about the prequels and then what you talked about the script uh, development process. It's always like the standout things from this article that is really fascinating to read. And it is a good lengthy article. So yeah, like you said, Kyle, anyone who's like a Star Wars fan and just excited for this movie, even remotely should definitely check it out. I think it'll get you just more pumped for it. And just the fact that everyone working on this movie is just so enthusiastic about it. And they just really loving what they're doing and just really can't wait for all of us to see it too. So we saw that enthusiasm come out on the panel and it comes out too in this article too. So it just, just gets me more excited for it. And just like, yeah, this is the new era of star Wars is in the best hands right now. So yeah, Yeah, definitely a great read. I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from it too, was JJ Abrams excitement and love for the project and the, just sort of the, the reaffirmation, because like you said, at this point we've, already gotten confirmation of this time and time again but the fact that just this movie is in really good hands um and the the person writing the article i forget who it is i'm gonna go look it up real quick but um you know they're they're talking about uh again sitting in that room with jj um as he's reviewing uh you know some effects footage for for chase scenes and fight scenes and stuff like that and they mentioned like he you know he had a few small criticisms like oh this isn't necessarily working or uh you know this ship to should should take a different flight path or something like that but that most of his comments were just like wow that's genius and that's really cool and that's freaking awesome and all this kind of stuff and i'm like man if if he's getting this excited about it and he's you know attached to the project and has to you know live this stuff like day in and day out and you know doesn't get sick and tired of it like he's still enjoying it as much as you know a kid would or something um i'm like that just gets me excited for i mean imagine how how ecstatic we're going to be when we see this for the first time yeah i get the feeling like for every like premiere that he has to go to he'd want to stick around and see the movie again (laughs) that's how excited he's coming across with it right now maybe he'll get tired of watching it by the time we get to that point but as long as he still has that excitement while he's working on it, yeah, just really good and refreshing to hear too. Yeah, definitely. And then also I thought one thing that was really cool was, uh, you know, they were asking him, like, uh, has it really set in yet? Like, was there a, a surreal moment where you had to kind of pinch yourself, like when you're working with Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher or anything like that? And he said probably the most surreal moment for him was actually after they had finished filming and he was working with John Williams to start writing the yeah. score for the movie. And he was going to show John Williams like, you know, a first like half hour or something of the movie that they had uh, pieced together in editing. And he was like, man, I'm about to show John Williams, you know, footage from a new Star Wars movie that he's never seen before and nobody else has ever seen before and that I made. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. man, as a, you know, as a filmmaker and a huge Star Wars fan myself, like I can only imagine what that sort of joy and anxiety and pressure all at the same time must have felt like like i know like can you imagine (laughs) i know that's what's great about this new era of star wars that we're about to enter into is that the fans are taking over (laughs) like creating star wars now so just it's kind of like one of us in a way like one of our like fellow fans is now creating star wars and that's just really cool i mean yeah what i just said a little while ago we're just reaffirms to us as us fans and then with our fellow fans who like it just as much are in control of it and having that same enthusiasm that we would have it's just 
going to make the movie that much better as we're already seeing in the two teasers that we got in these images. So yeah, and I just can't wait for more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, this is a, a really lengthy article too. I mean, you definitely get your money's worth. Like we haven't even touched on all the stuff they mentioned in here, but I don't know if we have time to even go through all of it. And I've only read the entire thing once, so I don't even remember everything that's in there. But um, yeah, I mean, if you haven't read this yet, definitely recommend checking it out if you have read it hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did and uh you know enjoyed seeing all this sort of in-depth behind the scenes stuff about the the process of making this new star wars movie um now you know sort of moving on from that it was like just a couple days after this article came out um that indie revolver was added again leaking some concept art um and they gave us our first possible look at uh what maz Kanata might actually look like um now, again, this is, you know, just one piece of lead concept concept art here, and so it might be, it, it could have changed, it could have just been, like, an early thing that they ended up not going with or whatever, but, um, you know, definitely looks kind of interesting. It's like, uh, you know, looks like this character has sort of bluish-green skin. Looks like she might be an older character, because her, her skin definitely looks a little kind of tight and wrinkled. Um, she's got a really long, thin neck, um, and it looks like she's, like, wearing a scarf around her head, so, um, certainly alien and sort of exotic looking and, uh, sort of, it has a little bit of a pirate look to her as well. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting to note that she's blue in this picture, and if this, you know, if Maz Kanata, as we suspect, is the one in the trailer that's handing the lightsaber to Leia, um, that character is orange, so it's like, well, are they not the same character, or are they the same character, and the design ended up changing, so we don't know. Yeah, like you said, it definitely has that pirate look and feel to the design, and it is a little similar to one of the early concept art pieces that leaked, where it was that one where you see uh, them, like Ray and Finn igniting the lightsaber for the first time, and you see uh, the little alien creature that was there alongside BB-8. I think it's that same alien look that they're going for but i think the headpiece was a little different so maybe this one was a little farther along on it but yeah i just i think it's interesting that they're if this is the final design that they got lupita nyong'o to play this alien creature who doesn't resemble anything like her <laughs> and <laughs> definitely has like the scarred pirate like look in life like someone who's it went through a lot of adventures as a pirate or whatever and seen battles. So yeah, it should be interesting if this is the final design, but when you get like an actress like Lupita Nyong'o, you're kind of expecting like this like exotic, beautiful looking alien creature, but it should be pretty interesting if they go with kind of the opposite with that and just have her play kind of small aliens. Like, like I said, it looks older too. And like, not the most attractive looking aliens that we see in the Star Wars universe <laughs> like that. So it'd be interesting if they go that route because like, again, it is a pirate. So they probably lived a hard life or had some hard battles and experiences that uh, Matt Kanata's went through. So again, that's why I wish we got some type of official images in that Vanity Fair article. <laughs> so we can get that definitive look at what Matt Kanata is going to look like, but maybe in a few months. Yeah. I don't even know if it'll be a few months. I think if we see anything, at Comic-Con or any other uh, you know, conventions this summer, I would bet this will be one of the n next new things we're going to see. Um, unless they haven't you know, finalized the, the CGI design of that character yet, but I would think they've probably done that by now. Yeah, I would think so. Too. Unless they just got her arms and hands finalized from what we saw in the trailer. <laughs> not, the, not her face. But. Yeah. Um, now, there was also um, an interview... 
uh, with uh, Kathleen Kennedy and uh, Daisy Greeley. This is actually from the thing they did in Japan like a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was right after Celebration. They did uh, like a press conference or yeah. something in Japan. Um, but on this website, Kotaku, they've uh, you know released like an actual transcript of this interview now. Um, that's kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a rough translation, like from Eng- their answers in English that were translated on a Japanese website and that have been translated back to English. But um, they they talk a little bit more about the process of making the movie and stuff. For the most part, there's not really anything new in here. But uh, a couple noteworthy things um, where one of them is where uh, Kathleen Kennedy mentions that Daisy really trained with the sword fight choreographer from Game of Thrones um, and then the interviewer said, like, oh, she did she do a lot of training in sword fighting as well? And uh, Kathleen said, well, she learned the bojutsu fighting style, and Ray uses the staff she has in the trailer to fight, um, and that Daisy's gotten pretty good with it. So it, it almost seems like for a second she let it slip that she was going to be doing some lightsaber fighting, and then was like, oh, she just fights with that staff that you see her have. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, a character who starts off as a, a scavenger on this desert planet and fights with a staff and then ends up going on this galactic space adventure with a lost lightsaber. And she certainly looks like she could maybe be the offspring of a certain smuggler and a certain force sensitive princess. So I think we're going to end up seeing her with a lightsaber in this movie. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that concept art at the celebration Anaheim uh, force awakens exhibit where we had Finn who had uh, Luke and Anakin's lightsaber, uh, attached to it, like on a, the lightsaber hilt, and that kind of makes me. We were talking about this before we started recording. Where what if we're meant to think where Finn is the one who holds on to it for the most of the movie, and we think he's going to be the one to use it and maybe fight Kylo Ren, but then it, in the end, it's not necessarily him. It ends up being Rey who takes the next step, maybe in becoming learning the ways of the Force and then accepting her destiny, and then using the lightsaber for the first time, and she battles Kylo Ren. So. Yeah, it should be interesting to see who's going to be using that lightsaber. So right now, I think it could actually be both. <laughs> and maybe at certain instances in the movie, one of them will use the lightsaber. But yeah, I think, like you mentioned, Kathleen Kennedy may be backtracking a little bit about <laughs> that comment she made. Because I think um, definitely one of them, if not both of them. But I think Ray is going to be one to use the lightsaber at some point in this movie. Because for all the reasons you said, it just seems like it has to happen in a way. Yeah, definitely. Unless, I mean, they could maybe go the interesting route of having, I mean, again, I'm just assuming that she's Han and Leia's daughter, but, you know, have her in there and you would assume that she's going to be the one to sort of carry on the the Skywalker legacy and, uh, you know, that she's going to be the next Jedi. But then maybe we find out that either she just doesn't want to be a Jedi or maybe she didn't actually get the, the Force powers passed down to her and, you know, so she could still be a central character of the movie and maybe she is just really good at fighting with her staff and maybe, you know, Finn is the one who ends up uh, becoming the Jedi and like, he's the one that's, that's force sensitive. Um, So that could be like an interesting twist if they went that way with it. But um, I don't know. I I still think she'll be the, at least one of the new Jedi of this trilogy. I think Finn possibly, but Ray, I would put my money on her. Yeah. Same here. She's the front runner right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then the, the one other thing that they mentioned in this article, um, and, you know, it's sort of at the very end here, they, uh, basically ask, um, of all things, they ask her about, you know, Ewoks and Jar Jar coming back, <laughs> but then they also ask if Boba Fett's coming back. Um, and Kathleen says, don't worry, Boba Fett is a high priority on our list. So, but, you know, it says to wait and be patient. So, um, 
that basically makes it sound like he's probably not going to be in episode seven, but may pop back up in episode eight or, you know, I mean, pretty much everybody is assuming at this point he's going to appear in some anthology film at some point, just because that's a rumor that we've just heard that will not die. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> just know, like Boba Fett. Be a Boba Fett. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, we'll just have to wait and see there, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure, especially with all the possibilities that these anthology films open up, like, yeah, we're going to see Boba Fett again at some point. Yeah. It's, it's almost a no brainer. I mean, yeah. Uh, the fact that Cassian Kennedy isn't, isn't even being coy about this saying that he's a high priority among our list. It's like, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. I mean, it's usually when they ask about future projects and movies, they probably just say, oh, well, right now we're just focusing on The Force Awakens and you're not necessarily going to be in that, but you never know. But no, she said he's a high priority. So it's kind of just like one of those worst kept secret things where we know what's coming. It's just a matter of finding out what exactly it's going to be. Like you said, is it going to be a part in Episode Eight, Or like I think pretty much almost everyone is assuming it's going to be one of the anthology films. So yeah, it's just a matter of time to find out what exactly Boba Fett's going to make his next appearance in. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily so much a like a worst-kept secret kind of thing. It's almost more of like a no-brainer kind of thing. I mean, that would be like asking her if we're ever going to see more Jedi besides Luke and Rey, like in the new Star Wars movies. Like, at some point, yes, there are going to be other Force users, obviously, because it's Star Wars, and you've got Jedi and Sith and lightsabers and everything. So, um, you know, I I think kind of the same thing goes for Boba Fett. I mean, maybe not quite to that extent, but with the the popularity of the character and with how many people want to see more of him, you know, whether it's him appearing in the sequels and, you know, sort of revealing that he survived the Sarlacc pit or whether it's just him being in a standalone film, um, you know, either way, it's like, yeah, we're going to see more of him at some point. In fact, I'm hoping the next time we see Boba Fett is on Star Wars Rebels, like before the end of season two. (laughs) Yeah. And I still think that's happening. I I was kind of expecting that we would have gotten like, that would have been the big reveal in the season two trailer, but instead it was same here. Yeah, and I mean, not that I'm complaining that Rex was in there instead, but I still think that Boba Fett could be like season finale material. Um, Although season finale material, they might just leave that to, uh, you know, the Vader Ahsoka showdown, but... um, just the character is going to show up probably late in the season, if anything goes. Yeah, yeah, especially because, I mean, we talked about this on our last episode where we were basically just talking about Rebels the whole time, but... um, you know, the fact that even as awesome as that trailer was, that's probably from, like, just the first, I don't know, probably no more than, like, the first ten episodes of the season yeah. um, that we're seeing stuff from in that trailer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, still plenty of room in the rest of the season for, for more cool stuff to happen. And if you're thinking, like, oh, well, ten episodes, that's almost the whole season because season one was, like, 13 or 14 episodes or something like that. Um but they, I mean, I, I remember Freddie Prince Jr. said that season two was going to be like almost twice as many episodes. So actually, did they say anything about that at the Rebels panel at Celebration as to like how many episodes would be in the season? Uh, it's actually, I believe, if I remember right, it was confirmed in the press release for the air date um, for the season two premiere that it is going to be 22 episodes for season two. Okay. So kind of like a standard Clone Wars season. Okay. And that's kind of what I was anticipating. When he said twice the amount, I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be 22. Um so anyway, yeah, that'll be pretty sweet. And yeah, like I said, there's plenty of room by the end of those 22 episodes for us to see returning Mandalorian bounty hunters and lots of other cool stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, anyway, so where were we? Oh, yeah, so Boba Fett, high priority. We're going to see him again, that's for sure. Um, also, 
uh, Lawrence Kasdan just did a new interview with Vanity Fair that was not part of the most recent uh, magazine, but this is just on their website. And I don't know if this is from a you know their next art or their next issue or something like that. Um, but you know, he talks a little bit more about the process of working on Episode Seven and what it was like for him working with George Lucas on the original movies. So um, you know, this is a pretty interesting read as well. Not really a whole lot of new info here, but at the very end, uh, the interviewer asks him, you know, they said, my son wants to know, are we ever going to see Lando Calrissian again in the star Wars movie? Um, and he says right now there's no Lando in this movie, but Lando, I don't think is finished in any way, shape or form. Um, so of course, you know, he's not finished in every way, shape or form because we know he's been in star Wars rebels and they've said that he'll show up on that show again. Um, also got a comic series coming out this summer. That's true. There's also a Lando comic series coming out. Um, but I, I certainly think they could also work him in there in episode eight in the future, or maybe even, I don't know, would they have a young Lando appear in a spinoff film? Maybe it's possible. Yeah. I mean, like everything else in this new era, anything could be possible. Yeah. I mean, tons of possibilities out there, but yes, again, just like Boba Fett, you know, they know that this is a popular character, and just because he's not going to be in Episode 7 doesn't mean we're never going to see him again. Um, so, you know, anyone who was worried about that can sleep a little easier. Um, and then, <laughs> this was kind of interesting. Um, we had heard a while back, uh, while Episode 7 was in production, you know, occasionally there would be rumors like, this, that, or the other famous actor was visiting the set, and it was like, oh, well, are they just going to, to check it out and they want to see what's happening on the new Star Wars movie, or are they visiting someone in the cast who they're friends with, or are they secretly in the movie, are they filming a cameo, something like that. Um, and one of the names that we had heard in those kind of reports was uh, Daniel Craig, who, of course, is the current James Bond um, and he had been seen around the set while they were filming in London and there was speculation like, oh, is he going to have a cameo in the movie or something? Well, in a recent interview, uh, Simon Pegg let slip that Daniel Craig is going to be playing a stormtrooper in the movie. Um, he was uh, doing an interview um, and, you know, they, they were talking about cameos in Star Wars and they asked him if he was going to be a stormtrooper. And he said, I wasn't a stormtrooper. Daniel Craig, he was a stormtrooper. And then with, I, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, uh, too late. Now, the question is, though, will we see Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper without his helmet on and know that's him? Or it's just going to be a random stormtrooper and it's going to be one of those things where either JJ is going to have to say who he is or Daniel Craig is going to have to say which stormtrooper he is. I'm kind of thinking it's going to be that way where we're not actually going to see his face, but he'll be one of the stormtroopers running around and firing his blasters. And then we'll just have to see if it ever gets revealed, which one is Daniel Craig. Yeah. I think he might be a, I don't know, quote unquote featured stormtrooper. So he might actually like hit somebody or, you know, he might actually have a line and, you know, maybe we'll think like, oh, that kind of sounds like him. Um, but I don't think we're going to see him without a helmet on. I think he's just going to be, you know, one of the, the regular stormtroopers. Um, and it'll kind of be like a fun little Easter egg either. Yeah. You know, there might be some tiny little clue that lets us know it's him or it could just be one of those things where they reveal it after the fact. And then everybody goes back and watches it again to kind of look for it and be like, oh, that one was him. You see a stormtrooper shaking a martini or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, there he is. Or he could be one with like a gadget or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then his his designation number like has a Q in it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or he could be a stormtrooper who 
the stormtrooper who gets killed or something like some uh weird death scene that's uh, just like so out of the blue where it's like you're wondering why they put that in there and it has the Wilhelm scream and everything and that's that, that, <laughs> yeah, <Daniel Craig. laughs> that could be um or if no, that would be too obvious. I'm thinking you could have a stormtrooper like walk across the screen, turn, and fire a blaster right at the camera, and then we know which one's him. Yeah, it's not the standard blaster. It's like a it's one you can hold with one hand <laughs> with like yeah. a pistol. Um, now it also sounds from this like Simon Pegg might also uh, you know have a, a cameo in here somewhere too, but he's not going to be a stormtrooper. Um, Maybe he's back as Dengar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I highly doubt it. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll, well, yeah, no, I don't think he's going to be Dengar in there. But um, I don't know. I wonder if he'll be a character that we can spot in the background or something. I have a feeling he'd probably be someone in uh, the pirate castle of Maz Kanata. Mm, yeah, that I could see that happening. Someone in the background like like drab clothes and an eye patch or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or maybe he's the person wearing that, that, that weird red kind of... Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or that trooper um, armor that I think is the Black yeah. Storm Trooper. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, just like anything else, like that'll just be one more kind of fun thing to see when the movie finally comes out. Yeah, um, it's probably going to be, reminds me of something like when the episode two, uh, uh, not the diner sequence, but the club sequence in Coruscant, where you see like uh, Anthony Daniels, see Katie Lucas, and uh, Ahmed Best, as uh, people in the bar. Just, I mean, so some of the shots are kind of obvious where they're making a point to focus on them, where you can see who they are. But at the same time, too, they're not any major characters who speak or anything. So maybe it'll be something yeah. like that. Well, and the, yeah, but the other thing, too, is for people who aren't diehard Star Wars fans, like they probably wouldn't even recognize Ahmed Best or Anthony Daniels if they ran into him at a bar. And so, um, you know, th- those are kind of more like subtle little Easter egg things for fans. Whereas if you have a shot of, you know, if they go into a cantina or something and Daniel Craig is sitting at the bar with a martini, obviously everybody's going to be like, whoa, that's James Bond. And it's going to kind of pull you out of the, the Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think, yeah, it's, it's, it would be good if they just have him in a stormtrooper costume the whole time. And for Simon Pegg, I don't know, maybe he'll be an alien or something. It might kind of be like in, um, guardians of the galaxy where apparently Nathan Fillion had a cameo in that yeah. movie, but he's like an alien, I think in that prison scene. And yeah, like, he's the one I, Puts uh, his trees or bark up his nose. Yeah, Groot like sticks his fingers up his nose. Yeah, but uh, it's like obviously that wasn't even really him because that was a CGI character. So, um, you know, it's just sort of the the really like those really well buried Easter eggs because um, you could watch that movie over and over again and you're not going to just like spot Nathan Fillion just chilling in the background. Yeah, it doesn't really even sound like him too. <laughs> yeah, not really. And then, you know, so like I had heard before that movie came out that he was going to have a cameo in it, watched it, didn't see the cameo. And then afterwards, like someone told me who that was. And I was like, really, that was him? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere. They're probably um, JJ's probably a little annoyed, like, ah, this had to come out. Like it would have been something that this would have been fun either to see on screen for the first time or reveal it later. Like if Daniel Craig doesn't take off the Stormtrooper helmet or whatever, but then like in the commentary or whatever, he's, or in the special features, he said, yep. He's right there. <laughs> yeah. Is and see, I don't know if the uh the stormtroopers in the first order have you know numbered designations, but I'm thinking like if he were on Clone Wars, obviously he'd have to be like C T Zero Zero Zero, 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 
<laughs> maybe like because it's a four because it's always a four number designation maybe like ct0034 or something like that uh, maybe yeah <laughs> yeah not so obvious but yet you'll be able to figure it out <laughs> yeah. what it stands for or it's like if you know that that's who's playing the character you're like i get the number yeah <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. That'll just be, like I said, one of the just one more fun little thing to look for when we see the movie. Of course, yeah, the first time we watch it, I probably won't even think to be looking for yeah. <laughs> Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper in the background because I'll be too focused on all the other stuff. Actually, you know, just every other shot, I'll be like, "When am I going to see Kylo Ren's mask again?" <laughs> oh, and there's Luke. Yeah, like you said, Daniel Craig and bunch of other, like, not even just Easter egg stuff, but just cool stuff in general. Like, every shot in the movie is going yeah. to be amazing. Have I mentioned I can't freaking wait for this movie to come out? I didn't get that impression, really. I thought you were okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, hurry up already. Um, well, we were talking about, you know, when we might see uh, some more new information or some more character reveals or something like that. Um, well, they did just announce recently that uh, they'd have a Star Wars presentation at the Disney D23 Expo, um, which is going to be uh, from August 14th through the 16th. Um, by the way, random question. Do you know why they call it D23? I'm like, it's the same thing every year, and it's not, you know, the 23rd yeah. time or whatever. I think I know what the D stands for, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> gee, how'd you figure that out? <laughs> I know, I'm a detective, so I'm able to figure these things out Super that other people might miss. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not too sure. I'm sure there is a reason for it, and there's probably people listening to this thing, like, how can you not know what that means? It's so obvious, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Um, maybe the first one they had was, like, the 23rd anniversary of something or other? <laughs> Who celebrates the 20th or makes a big deal about a 23rd? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might have to Google that later. <laughs> I'm tempted to do it right now, but I just, it, it's not one of those things I just have to know. I could sleep just fine tonight not knowing what D23 stands for. Yeah. <laughs> Since it's not technically Star Wars related, but. Yeah. But uh, back to the Star Wars related topic at hand, they will have uh, new information or footage or whatever from the new star wars movie at that uh convention they haven't really announced anything specific so far but um they've just said that i believe it's on the saturday um that they're having uh you know a presentation on their live action films including films from marvel and lucasfilm um and you know i think we all know what the movie from lucasfilm is it's not going to be indiana jones 5 um (laughs) But then, then they also said along with some very special guests. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and or J.J. Abrams and or a couple of the cast members show up for this thing. Um, but, you know, it's not celebration. We're not going to be there. So all I'm really excited about is, uh, you know, what are they going to tell us and what are they going to show us? So, yeah, I, I um, think we'll see from the Marvel movie stuff from the past D23 expos that they had, I don't believe they released any of the, like if there was new footage there, they released them online right away. So I'm kind of guessing whatever they do show might not be available um, right, right, right away. So it's kind of interesting to see how, if the new stuff they do show is there, how long we're going to have to wait till we actually see it. Mm-hmm. So I don't but know. then again, I mean, with the, 
the level of hype and anticipation around this new Star Wars movie, I mean, they haven't tried to keep anything under wraps for too long at this point. I mean, you remember back in November when they released the first teaser trailer for The Force Awakens, like, originally it was supposed to only play in movie theaters for a weekend first, yeah. and then they were going to release it online. And then they were like, okay, what the heck, we'll release it online at the same time that everybody gets to see it for, like, the first theater showing. Um, you know, it came online at like seven fifteen Pacific or something like that. Um, man, remember how much fun that night was? Wow, that was when a blast. We, when we stayed like up till like one in the morning, like every five minutes, refreshing the iTunes trailers page, and then yep. didn't get to see it till the next morning. Yeah, I didn't even sleep that night. <laughs> That's how fun it was. But. Well, see, I did sleep that night, and then I woke up the next morning, just assuming that I was like, okay it's it's morning the sun's up i'm awake the trailer's got to be out now right um and it was still you know had like half an hour to go or something like that so all right how glorious it was though when it did hit that seven o'clock time and boom there it was (laughs) oh man it was so great yeah i mean can't even i'm just already getting excited for the next trailer the actual first trailer we're gonna get because technically those two are still teasers so that's gonna be i mean how cool was that two just as awesome experiences, but totally different. Where one, we're all waiting for it in our like separate homes and online watching it, but then for the next one, we all get to see it together at celebration. And then the next one's going to be more like the first teaser, where we're just all going to have to chat with each other online for our reactions. But it's still going to be just as fun and uh, already getting hyped up for it. From talking about those last two trailers from the Vanity Fair article, I mean, it's not going to be that far away, really. Just a few more months till we get that third one. So I'm already pumped up for it. <laughs> Yeah, although because well, I, I would assume they're not going to probably do any kind of big theatrical thing with the third trailer unless they put it in front of Ant Man. Um, and see, yeah, I think that, that's the, a little too soon. Maybe, that, but that would be a lot. huge way to boost ticket sales for that movie because I still kind of get the feeling that you know people just aren't generally all that excited about that movie. Um, including myself. I mean, I'm still kind of in a mood of like, okay, you know, you guys have to impress me with this one. I'm not like really eager to go out and see it. But um, if there's if there's an exclusive new episode seven trailer playing before that movie on its opening weekend, you bet I will be like in the front of the line to go see it. So um, I could see them maybe doing something like that. Uh, but you know, if not, I was going to say if they don't do a theatrical release kind of thing then hopefully they can release it online at, you know, a more reasonable hour, like midnight and not 7.15 in the morning or something like that. So, um, you know, then we can all stay up together chatting on, you know, Twitter and whatever and waiting for it to drop. And then we'll actually get to, you know, geek out over it together before we go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great if it's actually at midnight in the evening this time, not early, early in the morning. I have to say too, what we're talking a little bit on the, the last our last episode about the force awakens trailer and age of ultron my star wars curse of not seeing trailers in movie theaters continues <laughs> when i saw age oh, of ultron man. it was not on it was like ah you gotta be kidding me <laughs> wait did you see it in 3d no that's what i'm assuming it's probably because i've heard everyone who saw it in 3d seen it was like yeah why, that's why not just put it with the regular one too when ah, i don't yeah, get I don't it. know like maybe that's their way of trying to boost like 3d ticket sales but Maybe I would but. think they'd rather just want to get that trailer out in front of everybody. 
I know, me too. I was like, I don't care. I was like, oh, you want when the movie started, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, come on. But then when the movie kicked in, I was like, okay, uh, I'm in Avengers mode now. But I was slightly disappointed right when the movie was about to start. I did not see the trailer. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, our last episode that we recorded, I went to go see the Avengers right after we finished recording. So I haven't talked about that yet. So I, I've got another uh, a fun little movie theater trailer story for you. Um, cause we went and saw it in IMAX 3d and me and my sister Kayla and, uh, you know, Jason Hunt, we went and saw it together. Um, and, uh, you know, saw it in IMAX 3d. So we got to see the star Wars trailer and it was almost like a little mini celebration experience. <laughs> um, because you know, the, when we had seen the first teaser trailer in theaters, when we saw the Hobbit, um, you know, my sister Kayla, she was the one who like started the applause at the end of the trailer. And I had told her this time going into it, I was like, you're not going to be the first one to start applauding at the end of this trailer. Cause I'm going to beat you to it this time. Cause <laughs> I'm just like super stoked about this, but I didn't even expect that. Like just people in the theater started cheering when the Lucasfilm logo first came out. <laughs> nice. Um, and of course, heck, if it were me, I probably would have cheered too. If it was like my first time seeing it or, you know, first time seeing it in the in theater or on a big screen or whatever. But after celebration, I was like, okay, I've been there, done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, people were cheering just from that first logo and might've cheered at like a couple other parts throughout the trailer. Um, but then at the end, you know, the, the Chewie were home and just everybody erupted into applause. <laughs> um, and then it was followed by this, this just cacophony of, bad chewy impressions what? It was hilarious <laughs> i think i might have actually started it um <laughs> because uh. and i just did it to kind of make kayla and jason laugh you know i did a little chewy roar and then kayla did one and then somebody behind us did one and then somebody across the theater did one and they were all terrible and they were all <laughs> hilarious and it was just awesome and i was like look what i started <laughs> well, was that the last trailer they showed before the movie oh gosh i don't even remember it would have been funny if the Avengers was starting, but you had people doing Chewie and Wookiee impressions. <laughs> the Avengers starts. <laughs> I feel like there might have been one more trailer before that. Oh, um, I see. That's dumb how they got that order. Like, I, know, I, don't, that I don't remember, though, yeah. honestly. Um, it was all kind of a blur. Yeah, unless it was Ant-Man, which I can see since it's a Marvel movie, but you have to end the trailer run with the Star Wars one. Like, yeah, I know it, it definitely came after the Batman v Superman trailer. See, I didn't even get that either. It's like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, see, I don't remember if they showed that one in 3D or not. I don't. I feel like they didn't, but I don't remember because you know they they always show like a handful of previews in 2D, and then it's like put on your 3D glasses now, and then they show the 3D ones. Yeah, so I gotta admit, when I was went to go see Avengers: Age of Ultron, like I was part of my excitement was seeing the Star Wars trailer and the Batman v Superman trailer on the big screen, and I got nothing. Like, ah, oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> but. Yeah. Whatever the third trailer, hopefully it's attached to a, another movie I'll see in the theater. And maybe this time my curse will end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would think because these two, like you said, th these first two were teasers. And once they really get the, the marketing campaign going and they've got, you know, official trailer number one, um, I would think that's going to be in front of everything. Um, you know, 3D, 2D, shorts, you know, all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so anyway, that's, you know, coming up at the D23 Expo. Maybe that's when we'll see the next trailer. Um, maybe they'll have something at San Diego Comic-Con. We don't know. But you can certainly look forward to uh, getting at least a little bit of new info or something probably um, on, I guess that would be probably August 15th is that Saturday. So that's when that's coming up. Um, and then also they officially announced that September 4th is going to be the the re release date, launch date, street date, whatever you want to call it, for uh, the first wave of Force Awakens merchandise and products and everything. Um, better known as the day your wallet will be empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better known as the day that I might actually go to a, a midnight launch at a Toys R Us, just like any normal sane adult would, just to get a <laughs> six-inch Black Series Kylo Ren action figure. Um, that's all I want. Uh. Yeah, I have or, a feeling he's going to be the one a lot of people would want. Better get in there early. <laughs> well, hopefully everybody else will be going after his toy lightsaber. That's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, they they said uh, – I'm trying to find where in this press release. Okay, so it says uh, fans wanting to be the first to get their hands on Star Wars The Force Awakens merchandise can set their hyperspace and social media coordinates now. They will be able to visit their local retailer starting at midnight on September 4th and are encouraged to document their experience using the hashtags Force Friday and Midnight Madness. A wide range of products from toys and collectibles to books and comics, ebooks and apps to apparel and lifestyle accessories will be available at mass retailers and Disney store locations worldwide as well as on DisneyStore.com. Um, oh, okay, so apparel and lifestyle too. So I'm going to have to get a Kylo Ren action figure and a t-shirt. Because yeah, you know there's going to be, be a Kylo Ren shirt. I mean. Yeah, some kind of shirt with him on it and the Force Awakens logo, like that needs to happen. Especially because I didn't get to get that Force Awakens t-shirt from the, uh, the Celebration store because I didn't want to wait in line for four hours to do that. So... Heck, even if it's something was uh, the art they have on the box art for the new Force Awakens merchandise of Kylo Ren, that'd be awesome. And then I get the nice touch of that box art, too, in the interior. It's the new First Order symbol yeah. that we saw in the trailer. If they had that on the T-shirt, like those two images, that'd be awesome, too. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to see what all this stuff is going to be. I know. Um, they did. I mean, obviously, in this press release, they don't reveal any actual official items, except that, uh, yeah, like you said, they show... Um, just sort of the what the basic packaging is going to look like. Um, but we don't know for sure what any of those products are going to be. But if you remember, you know, a while back we saw some image, you know, some leaked images of some action figures um, and they were still, looked like they were still kind of in rough, like prototype form where they weren't even painted. They were just like white plastic sculpts. Um, but it was Ray, Finn... Kylo Ren, BB-8, and Chewie, and, like, I would not be surprised at all. In fact, I would be surprised if it's not true that those are going to be, you know, part of the first wave of oh, yeah. um, totally. the, the merchandise release. And it looked like those were the, the six-inch Black Series figures, just based on um, kind of the the shape and everything, and the it looked like those were going to be pretty articulated and pretty detailed figures. So um, I am definitely excited for that. Now, we've heard the September 4th date as rumored like um, a while ago, so it's kind yeah. of about it is happening, but I'm still kind of surprised it's that early. I would expect something like in November. I mean, again, going back to how it was in the prequels, it was only like a month or like three weeks before the actual movie came out. This is a good three months before The Force Awakens is going to be out, so kind of curious of 
how much as far as the like comics and books and that type of stuff that's connected to it, how much of it is it going to tie in with the movie? Is it just going to be those Journey to the Force Awakens stuff where there's little hints or are we going to get the actual Force Awakens comic book adaption released on that date? Because we know the novel's not coming out till next year and the e-version of the, the e-book of the novel is the same day the movie comes out. So it just makes me wonder if would they kind of have different standards for different adaptions of the movie? You would think any adaption they'd hold off um, to after the movie comes out, like they're doing the novel. So I don't know. It just makes me wonder how much of the stuff, as far as the books anyway, is going to be connected with the force awakens and like those visual guides, those um, either like encyclopedias or anything like that for the force awakens. So I wonder if I'm hoping that stuff's included in there because I just love getting those those type of books a little early than when the movie came out, which gives you some hints, but not necessarily give every plot away about it. So it should be interesting. Like you said, we don't know what all this merchandise stuff is just yet. So I guess as we get closer to the September 4th date, we'll start finding out what exactly is going to be coming out on that day. And I can guarantee you if there are any books that are planned that are specifically for The Force Awakens, all those pictures and stuff's going to be leaked online <laughs> before those books at the store show. That mm-hmm. happened a lot with, I remember for the prequel one. So we'll see if I can hold off on those. Cause there's as far as looking at those images, because it's really cool when you get the, just get the book for the first time, you're surprised at what cool new images you're going to see. And then and not only in the book, but then hopefully see in the movie too. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for now, September 4th. It's now it's like, cause I told you before where how like my collecting days of, pretty much over i'm not going to go overboard with toys but i'm more excited for like you mentioned the apparel and then just the books too that's the thing i really want so i might be going to a bookstore at midnight like a barnes and noble or something if they're going to be opening at midnight for the new force awakens stuff that's going to be my main priority and then maybe hit a toy that i afterward to see if there's a captain phasma a kylo ren figure or something oh well come on tim you know if they say that there's going to be a six inch black series captain phasma you're going to be the first one in line for that that's true. That's why I'm wondering, is they going to say Phasma for like wave two or something? Or is she going to be in the first batch? So I don't know. <laughs> I, I would think probably wave two. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, that's definitely one that I'll probably pick up too. But um, yeah, Kylo Ren is like top of my list. Now, what you're saying with the books and stuff, um, I definitely think they're going to keep a real tight lid on story and plot and spoilers and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, as, as far as like books and comics go, I think this is going to be the big kickoff of the whole journey to the force awakens thing. Um, and maybe we'll get like visual guides or something. Although like you said, September seems kind of early for that. So I think we might get like a visual guide or something before the movie comes out, but that might be like October or November. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're not even releasing the actual novel, um, until after the movie comes out and, you know, releasing it as an ebook, uh, the day of, um, I would think the comics are going to like, if there's a, a, also a comic adaptation of the movie, that's going to be the same thing. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't expect any like big stories or anything like that to be given away this far ahead of time. But, um, yeah, we, I mean, we might get some, like you said, some visual guides or some other kind of reference books that might, uh, you know, show us a little bit of new stuff, but, um, I don't know. I, I'm just more excited for like said, the, uh, shirts and action figures and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to start saving now. <laughs> yeah. Saved up for celebration. I didn't really get too much anything there, but 
maybe that's a good thing because then I can have more saved up for when all this merchandise comes out for the Force Awakens. Yeah, and they mentioned apps too. I'm like, are there going to be some new Star Wars games on the App Store? You know, hopefully it's not just like, uh, you know, those cheap little movie apps that come out where it's like, take a picture of yourself and stick Kylo Ren's mask on your face and it's like 3D (laughs) augmented reality and whatever. Yeah, more than likely it's probably going to be something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there'll be something like that but you know i'm sure there's going to be lots of different uh you know just like there are going to be tons of different products coming out i'm sure there'll be plenty of different smartphone apps and stuff too um you know whether it's like you know stuff just showing pictures and images from the movie or whether it's you know like I said, those kind of goofy camera things or whatever or whether it's some more star wars games which i'm hoping for but uh, you know, we'll see. I'm hoping they do like a mobile version of Star Wars Battlefront just so I have something more exciting to play the next time I'm at a celebration and waiting in line for four hours. <laughs> yeah, maybe there'll be a new like type of free to play Force Awakens game. Maybe it's similar to like maybe like a Battlefront style with, with uh, Force Awakens era characters and stuff, or maybe something different like an action adventure type game. But I, I have a feeling there will be some type of Force Awakens free-to-play mobile game out there at some point, maybe on September 4th, but definitely before the movie comes out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think also, you know, September is a little early to be releasing games based on the movie. Um, But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, starting September 4th, like, Star Wars is pretty much just going to dominate the the movie and pop culture and merchandising landscape all the way up till December, like... I mean, when it comes to Black Friday and Christmas shopping and all that kind of stuff, like that is all you're going to see yep. anywhere. <laughs> uh, it's so awesome to have that again where Star Wars is dominating everything. <laughs> it's going to be a great time period, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I think, yeah, that's that's pretty much all the Force Awakens stuff we've got to cover. Um, now we get to go back to the, uh, you know, the, the rumors and, uh, leaks and stuff from making star wars.net only this time, this is talking about Rogue one, um, as we kind of, you know, like I said, get into this period with the, uh, the next movies where we're in sort of the early development and, uh, you know, getting some of the very first leaks and rumors and stuff like that, um, but we've got some very interesting rumors here in this article um, that uh, they say they've gotten, you know, according to some some concept art that they've seen or something. But uh, they've just kind of got some bullet points here. It says, Rogue One takes the tapes of the stolen Death Star plans to the Tent of Four. Um, and, of course, they're re- referring to Rogue One as an actual character uh, in this case. Um, so, you know, this, this main character, I guess, is going to be designated Rogue One, that they're going to actually be the ones to deliver the Death Star plans to the Tantive Four. Uh, they say the concept art shows Jimmy Smits as Bail Organa and Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Um, and it was, it says it was really the actors from the old films depicted in various pieces. So I'm guessing, you know, especially if they're portraying Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, they're probably just like using that as a placeholder or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because obviously this is taking place between episodes three and four. Carrie Fisher's not going to play her now. Um, oh, speaking of which, this is something we didn't touch on earlier, but I'm going to jump back for a second just while I'm thinking about it. Um, that Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, uh, yeah. who we know, you know, it was confirmed a while ago that she's going to have a small part in episode seven. And 
everybody under the sun was speculating like, oh, it's going to be a flashback sequence and she's going to be playing a young Leia. Well, she debunked that rumor and said, you know, absolutely, you know, she basically definitely confirmed like for sure she is not playing uh, young Princess Leia. So um, that suddenly maybe puts a little bit of a damper on all those, uh, you know, flashback rumors. Um, now we could still maybe see a flashback to, you know, some other stuff that happened maybe in between episode six and seven. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it doesn't sound like we'll be seeing a young Princess Leia in, in flashbacks in this movie, which then, you know, makes you think like, oh, well, what other characters could she be playing? Is it like an important part? Is it just, you know, some background character, just like how George Lucas's kids all kind of had cameos in the prequels? Yeah, she could just be in the same scene, like amongst the crowd with Daniel Craig and Simon Pegg somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, so anyway, just thinking about... Carrie Fisher playing Leia in between episode three and four made me think of that. So obviously she's not going to be in this movie playing a younger version of herself, but you know, I could see why they would maybe put that in concept art. Um, It says R2-D2 and C-3PO will make an appearance. Uh, Darth Vader appears to play into the film as a major menace for the rebels. Um, And uh, you know, they note that most of the designs look more like return of the Jedi than a new hope. Um, and then they also say that, uh, you know, the line, there'll be no one to stop us this time is relevant to the climax in this film. Yeah. Um, that's the line that stuck out to me or the bullet point from this whole, uh, rumor list of that. There will be no one to stop us this timeline being relevant to the climax. And we, once we heard the plot officially about Rogue One, about a group of rebels stealing the plans for the Death Star and how it is closer to A New Hope, and we were thinking, oh, it's going to tie into the opening crawl where it says the rebellion has won their first major victory against the Empire. But um, it makes sense, but I never really thought of it to me about the line Darth Vader says, there'll be no one to stop us this time, meaning that someone did stop them not too long ago. So. Mm-hmm. The fact that Rogue One complained to that would be pretty cool as well. So that's just another thing that's going to make the connective tissue of Rogue One into A New Hope make it all that much cooler. I mean, I'm already picturing in my head right now uh, a year or a year and a half from now in 2016 where after I see Rogue One, I could immediately watch A New Hope right after. And just that opening sequence of the attack on the Tanty Ford is going to be so much better, I think. And just the backstory that we're going to know from Rogue One is going to add so much to that scene and certain dialogue characters are going to have. So I really can't wait for that. So that was something cool from this bullet point that I thought, which uh, I didn't really think about before, but yet it's still awesome. So (laughs) hopefully it all does pan out because I think it will because all we're hearing about Rogue One is just it's going to lead up to a new hope in the beginning of that. So it just just adds more to that and just reaffirms that that more than likely is what we're going to see how Rogue One, <laughs> Rogue One will end in, as episode four begins. Yeah, and something I hadn't even really thought much about was the possibility of seeing Vader in this movie, especially because they said uh, you know, at Celebration they, they really kind of emphasized that there won't be any Jedi in this movie. Um, and kind of when I thought Jedi, I thought Jedi and Sith and their whole big conflict and everything. So I guess I wasn't really expecting to see Vader. Although it certainly makes sense because in this time period, obviously he's going to be around. Um, but uh, I don't know, like on the one hand, I think I probably have had this thought before about, you know, Oh, spinoff films and, you know, time period in between episodes three and four. And what if we see Vader again? But at the same time, I never really expected to see Vader on screen again in a live action movie. Um, I mean, with just as awesome as that Rebel season two premiere was and seeing him again, I'm not sure I could handle 
the just the level <laughs> of awesome of seeing Vader on screen again in a movie, but it kind of makes sense to to have that happen. Now, when it says here, and of course, I'll go back to our, our usual um, whatever you call it. I'm blanking on the name here, but you know, spoiler warning, basically, um, it, or not spoiler warning, just that that this is all rumor and speculation early on and uh you know take it with a grain of salt disclaimer that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> um you know our, our disclaimer that this could all be a big pile of bantha poodoo but um could also have some some merit in the the final film so um yeah i mean the the fact that it takes place between episodes three and four and it's about rebels trying to steal the death star plans it would make sense for vader to uh you know be an obstacle in their path now as to whether he's going to be you know, sort of the main bad guy of the movie or whether it's just going to sort of be like this sort of this overshadowing presence where they know, like, if we succeed, like, Darth Vader might be waiting at the end of this to, you know, chop our hands off. But, um, you know, like, whatever his role in the movie ends up being, if he does, in fact, have a role in the movie, I think that's just going to be so awesome to see. Um, especially, you know, it, it almost sort of ties in in a way with, uh, episode seven and the fact that we're just going to see Vader's mask again. Um, and then, you know, a year later we'll see a new movie where it's not just his burned out mask sitting on a pedestal, but it's actually him in the flesh slash metal, uh, you know, doing his, his thing, crushing rebels again. So, um, man, that would just be really awesome. Man, I would love to see that, especially now because you brought up how awesome he was in Rebels, but I just finished reading Lords of the Sith, the new novel that came out a few weeks ago. Man, Vader was awesome in that too. I mean, the way they had a cool sequence with him and the TIE fighter pilot showing his piloting skills and then just the way he took out some of the Rebel characters in that story, man. Just like third is nailing Vader in this time period now where he's in his prime in the Empire, just where he's being feared throughout the galaxy by what he can do. And if we get some more of that in Rogue One, so for some of the stuff we saw in Rebels and what was in Lords of the Sith, man, <laughs> I'd be through the roof of the excitement of what the possibilities would be in Vader and that. Even if it's just for like the ending climactic scene here that it's being described in this report. I mean, he doesn't have to be in the whole movie, just if he's like the last main obstacle they have to overcome. And that'd be so, so cool. And that just made me think of this too right now. Remember that uh, picture Gareth Edwards and uh, Gary Witta tweeted out or post on Instagram of them at Lucasfilm standing right in front of the Darth Vader costume. It's like, yeah. was there some significance to that? Was that either <laughs> standing there? I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> thinking about it now, seeing, like you mentioned, Vader again in live action after all this awesome stuff we're getting in Rebels and Lords of the Sith and even the Darth Vader comic going on right now. Just Vader's been the way he's been handled right now has been awesome. So if we get that brought into the films again, jeez, man, uh, I'll I'll die with excitement pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm really many hoping exciting. this happens now, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so many exciting possibilities there. But um, man, that would just be sort of a, an unexpected. Uh, you know, bonus in all of this. I mean, yeah, you think that's about the something that, I think they'd want to try to keep a secret as long as they can for this movie too. Oh well, on yeah, the one hand, yes, but on, because at the same time, it'd be a great selling point. Yeah, I'm like on the one hand, you want it to be a surprise. On the other hand, Disney wants to get butts in seats. Yeah, and <laughs> Vader can do that like nobody else. Um, but 
Man, I mean, I mean, you know, just like they promoted that with the Rebels season, or yeah, the season one finale where Vader was in it for all of like five seconds at the end, and yet that was kind of one of the big hype things about the episode is, oh, Vader is gonna appear in the Rebels season one finale, um, because they just know. I mean, who doesn't love Darth Vader? Yeah. <laughs> if you just raised your hand and answered me, I hope you're choking in the air right now. <laughs> Especially a Star Wars fan. Maybe if you're someone who doesn't like Star Wars and doesn't get the appeal of Darth Vader, that's one thing. But if you're a Star Wars fan who doesn't like Darth Vader, I don't know if those exist. <laughs> no, I mean, I even, if you're not, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you just hear that <sighs> when you know exactly who that is. Oh, yeah, totally. But the, the question is if they like him or not. <laughs> yeah, you better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the correct response. I, I don't know that anyone has ever argued that Darth Vader is not one of the best movie villains of all time. Yeah. To me, I mean, you can go into debate as far as who's the most iconic villain for me is between Vader and the Joker, but I always give it to the Joker because he's pure evil. and There's not one redeeming thing about him where Vader does have good in him and he does redeem himself in the end. But yeah, what he's on full on Vader, like I talked about what we're seeing in rebels, Darth Vader comic, Lords of the Sith. I mean, he's as evil as you get. So, ah, <laughs> uh, just so, to see that again in a movie is something. Not what he's talking about. Episode seven, getting these new movies, how unexpected that was. And we knew since it's a sequel trilogy, we're not going to see Vader. But probably more unexpected than that would be seeing Vader again in a live action movie, like in his prime set between episodes three and four. That is something I think that's even more unexpected. So if we get that, oh man, <laughs> like yeah. I said, I can't even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's you know just some rumors about Rogue One. There, um, we've got another rumor. Uh, this is a report from Variety.com saying that uh, actor Diego Luna has uh, maybe joined the cast of Rogue One, um, and he was in. I saw this on a different site. They they said he was in uh, the movie Elysium. Um, directed by Neil Blomkamp, who did uh, District 9, and um, I, that was a pretty good movie. I remember seeing that. I don't necessarily remember him in the movie, but um, I, mean, I saw like a, a picture of him from that or whatever, and I was like, oh, yeah, he looks kind of familiar, and I kind of maybe sort of remember him being pretty good in that. So uh certainly doesn't seem like a bad choice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, again, just another day, another casting rumor, so. Yeah, well, this one's coming from Variety, so I have. I think this one's a little more than a rumor. It's probably yeah. something that it's going to happen, but it just hasn't been officially announced yet. Just like uh, Felicity Jones was, as they're saying, he's playing uh, like a lead alongside Felicity Jones. So they said it's more than likely a rebel soldier. But when I first saw the actor and the name Diego Luna, I did not know who he was. And even like you mentioned, you said he was in Elysium. I still couldn't because i saw that movie a while ago like couldn't picture who he was so he's not someone i'm very familiar with so um it's kind of becoming the norm now at least for me anyway with the force awakens and uh rogue one getting actors who i'm not too familiar with but when i see people online like on twitter and everything they seem to be real happy with all these choices and diego luna is one of them everyone says he's a really good actor and he's good whatever he's in so just if it does end up panning out which i think it is it's just check it off as another great casting for another Star Wars movie, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, if you're not familiar with him now, you will be in a year and a half. Yep, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and yeah, like you said, I mean, the fact that it's coming from Variety means it's probably a little more than just a rumor, at least 
a, a rumor based on some substantiating evidence or something. But, um, of course, you know, they say Disney and Lucasfilm had no comment on the casting. So um, we'll just kind of have to wait and see until we get some kind of official press release or something like that. But at this point, I don't mind just kind of waiting on that kind of stuff because I'm like, uh, all right, well, if you're not going to tell me about Rogue One, I'm just going to go back and watch the Force Awakens trailer 12 <laughs> yeah. more times. We got another movie coming out this year that'll hold us over, so yeah, no big deal. Exactly. Take your time. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, that's funny. So I'm I'm moving on to our next article, but I've got the the tab open on my browser from it, it's you know the news story that you posted on our website, and down at the bottom there's a link to you know our 39th episode where we were talking about the potential vi- villains for episode seven. The title was called Hunters and Witches and Mandos. Oh my. <laughs> like, oh yeah remember when we thought the main villains for episode seven were gonna be you know night sisters and mandalorians and sith inquisitors and these jedi hunters and stuff <laughs> oh man it seems like such a long time ago all those rumor reports and speculation and look where we're at now <laughs> yeah it's like man that would have been a whole different movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> then again maybe that was the movie that uh michael art was writing I know, which I I'm know. hopefully we'll get answers to in the eventual making of the Force Awakens book, yeah. <laughs> which probably will come out on the September 4th Midnight Madness launch date. <laughs> I won't expect that probably to like a year after or something. Yeah, or just like the hours and hours of behind the scenes featurettes on the Blu-ray. Yeah, well, there better be hours and hours. <laughs> I want yeah. like a six-hour total of all these documentaries and special features hopefully i don't know about six hours because then that's that's six hours i have to spend not watching episode seven (laughs) (laughs) but you'll see parts of it in there (laughs) well that's true um but yeah so anyway uh, continuing with talking about some of these anthology films um the the one kind of um I don't know if you'd say disappointing. Disappointing for some people, I'm sure. Uh, the maybe slightly negative piece of news that came out recently was that uh, Josh Trank is now no longer attached to direct the second Star Wars anthology film. Um, and let's see, this was you know a big announcement that came out on StarWars.com. Josh released a statement saying, After a year of having the incredible honor of developing with the wonderful and talented people at Lucasfilm, I'm making a personal decision to move forward on a different path. I've put a tremendous amount of thought into this, and I know deep down in my heart that I want to pursue some original creative opportunities. That said, the Star Wars universe has always been one of my biggest influences, and I couldn't be more excited to witness its future alongside my millions of fellow Star Wars fans. I want to thank my friends Kathleen Kennedy, Kiri Hart, Simon Kinberg, and everyone at Lucasfilm and Disney for the amazing opportunity to have been a part of this. May the Force be with you all. Um, So this is another thing where, you know, it's not like the Michael Arndt... uh, departure where it just kind of almost happened kind of quickly and quietly and we were all like wait what happened um but this is like a a big thing that's kind of been making waves and now people are saying like oh well the second anthology film might not uh you know it might get pushed back it might not still be on track for its uh 2018 release date um, and people are wondering, of course, you know, why did he leave? You know, was it just a personal decision? Did Lucasfilm kind of force him out? I've heard a lot of people saying like, oh, maybe because he's directing the, uh, the Fantastic Four movie that's coming out this year. And so people are saying like, maybe as that gets closer to completion, maybe the people at Lucasfilm like saw some of that movie and weren't happy with it. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of been a, a big controversy, uh, these past couple weeks or so. Yeah. I mean, 
I think there's definitely more to it than this press release that he said. I mean, the word online is that he didn't leave. He was canned pretty much is what the majority of online people and like other sources are talking about. I think it was like Hollywood Reporter or Variety. One of those sites or Deadline. I think it was Hollywood Reporter, though. We kind of have a little more info on this is what their sources were saying is that um, like him and Simon Kingberg weren't getting along too much on the Fantastic Four uh, story. They really couldn't work together on this one. And then other reports are, I mean, who knows if all this is true, but reports that he was not like, wasn't most professional director on the set of the fantastic four and uh, just during production of that movie. So maybe Lucasfilm saw something in that. And so, I mean, while, when I first heard this news, I was surprised just the fact that he, he's leaving a star Wars movie. I mean, come on, when you read a statement, who leaves to do a star Wars movie for some, one of his own thing. Like no one says no to star Wars. I didn't really buy that right away. So, and then you heard the, there's the whole thing with celebration, why he wasn't there. I mean, they said he was sick, but now when you hear this, it just makes you think, well, was this already in the works back then where they're already planning that he mm-hmm. was dropping out of the project then. So yeah, this whole thing is just weird and messy. It is, it's a shame too, because I really like Chronicle. I think that was really good. I mean, when it was announced that Ryan Johnson and Josh Trank, and Gareth Edwards is going to be in the new Star or charge of the new Star Wars movies. I already saw Godzilla, but um, Looper and uh, Chronicle were the ones I know that Josh Trank and Ryan Johnson were best known for. So I, I saw those two movies, and Chronicle was the one I liked the best. So I was really excited to see where Josh Trank would take Star Wars. And but now we're not going to get that. So I'm a little disappointed there. But then when you hear some of the stories, and like I said, we don't know if it's fully true, but just maybe it is for the best. So because. This might be the project that Simon Kimber was working on and, you know, having that relationship with him for Fantastic Four. Maybe they realized it wasn't the best for them to do a Star Wars movie together. So who knows? But I was disappointed when I first heard about it. But I don't necessarily think it's going to get pushed back because 2018 is still a long ways off. Mm-hmm. It's three years from now. I think they have plenty of time to find another director. And I'm sure whoever they have is going to be working on the script is still doing that so i don't think it's going to be a big issue as far as making that 2018 release date but we'll just one of those things where once we see the movie how different would it have been if josh trank directed it so we'll have to wait and see but like we just said talking about rogue one we've got episode seven we got rogue one and episode eight to go through before we see this movie so (laughs) i think we're in pretty good shape still yeah definitely um and you know i still haven't seen chronicle i still want to check that out i i loved looper though that was yeah, fantastic. So I'm still glad that Ryan Johnson is going to be doing episode eight. But um, I mean, something else that I heard was that, uh, you know, Josh Trank just didn't really mesh well with like kind of big budget franchise, you know, blockbuster franchise like Hollywood studio filmmaking. Um, and so, you know, that might have caused some problems with Fantastic Four. And I mean, maybe that's why Lucasfilm wanted him out on the new Star Wars movie, or maybe that's why he wanted out uh you know for himself i mean you know you were like well who drops out of directing star wars but i could see some people having their reasons for it i mean heck george lucas dropped out of directing star wars and (laughs) decided to just be the writer and producer on episodes five and six um and jj abrams said no originally and then they convinced him to come back and uh you know thank goodness that happened because i can't picture anybody else kind of leading the charge the way he is right now but um, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of responsibility. And for, you know, filmmakers and their various styles, I'm sure, you know, some people might like Star Wars, but it's just not the way they want to make their own movies. And so, 
Um, I don't know. I mean, whether whether this was his decision or whether it was Lucasfilm's decision, I hope everything you know, works out for the best. Um, I, I think we might get a, a lot more answers to just when the new Fantastic Four movie comes out, because that's another one that, you know, seems like it's kind of polarizing. I know some people who are really excited for it, and I know some people who aren't really excited for it, and I myself am kind of like, eh. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that thinks the trailers for it look like a big interstellar ripoff, um, with a couple of shots of somebody on fire. And I'm like, you <laughs> never know this is a superhero movie just from the trailers. Um, but I'm like, once that movie comes out, if it's really good, I'll be like, oh, bummer. This guy could have made a good Star Wars movie. But if it bombs, I'll be like, oh, that's why he's not doing Star Wars anymore. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there hasn't been really good buzz surrounding Fantastic Four for a while now. So maybe kind of words again now as it's getting closer to its release where maybe it isn't going to be the best thing out there. And maybe Lucasfilm wanted to get a head start on that where uh, they don't want to have that attached where the director of the colossal failure of Fantastic Four, if it does bomb, isn't going to be directing one of their movies. So like I said, who knows what the real reason is? It's just a mess, I think, right now. <laughs> and like I said, it's just basing off from what I saw Chronicle. I think it's, it's a shame, but when I see Fantastic Four, maybe it will be a good thing. But Fantastic Four is a movie where, kind of like you said, it looks more like just a sci-fi movie than Fantastic Four. But to me, it doesn't look bad just from the trailer. It just look, doesn't look like a superhero slash Fantastic Four movie. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it looks bad. It's just I haven't seen anything that makes me really excited for it yet. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, we'll see. I'll, like I'll, I was probably going to see it anyway, but now just to kind of get a better idea of what a Star Wars Josh Trank film maybe could have been like, like definitely got to see it now. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of just have to wait and see on that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who they get to replace him as director. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can get someone else who's, you know, talented and uh, has a good eye for you know, sci-fi and action and Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. So that should be interesting to see as well in the coming, you know, probably should be in the next couple or few months or so, you would think um, that they'll announce who the next director is going to be on that. Um, and then there's also, uh, you know, this article over on the rap.com. Um, and this is just, you know, again, the persistent rumor that won't go away that the second Star Wars standalone film is going to be the one focusing on Boba Fett. Um, but, you know, that was what we heard the first standalone film was going to be. And then, you know, that turned out to be Rogue One. So, of course, now everybody's like, the second standalone film is going to be the Boba Fett movie. Um, and, and then it's going to get announced for something else. And we go, third time's the charm. That's the gonna third be the Boba one's going to be the Boba <laughs> Fett movie. And again, I have no doubt that we'll at least see Boba Fett show up in one of these movies at some point if we don't get a movie just solely focused on him. Um, because the other thing too, I mean, whether the, whether or not the first movie was a Boba Fett movie, the other just big prevailing theory for a long time was that all of these standalone films were going to be focused on individual characters. You know, there was going to be a Han Solo movie and a Boba Fett movie and a Yoda movie and a, remember at one point in time, we heard the rumor that there was going to be a Jabba the Hutt yeah. standalone <laughs> film. That was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Um, oh, man, yeah. like the one thing you like absolutely sure that's not going to happen and why she's going to be the main focus of the second standalone or anthology film. <laughs> yeah. But then, I mean, for me, as soon as they announced rogue one and sort of the, what the whole concept of that was going to be about, um, 
that whole theory maybe not quite went out the window for me, but I, I sort of just started looking at the anthology films in a whole different way and not just, you know, not just as stories about individual characters, but mm. just sort of individual stories and, you know, sort of other pivotal moments along the, the course of the Star Wars saga. Um, and so, you know, you never know. We might get a Boba Fett standalone film at, at some point where it just focuses on him, but I it almost seems more likely that we would get a a story about a whole group of bounty hunters or a story about the rebellion in the Empire in between episodes four and five and Boba Fett just happens to be a, a pivotal character in that story. So um, I think that almost seems, that, that kind of seems like the more natural course to take too, because that just seems to sort of mesh better with Star Wars storytelling. It's never really been about one character. Yeah. Um, although, you know, like George Lucas will say that, uh, you know, the, the six movies really are Anakin's journey, you know, his fall and his redemption and, that episode one through three is really Anakin's story and four, five and six is you know Luke's story. And the whole thing is like the Skywalker family saga or whatever. But, uh, and you know, not that I disagree with that. In fact, I, I completely agree with that, but at the same time, you can't have, you, you can't tell Anakin's story without Padme and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and all those characters. And you can't tell Luke's story without Han and Leia and Chewie and R2 and 3PO and all the rest. So, um, you know, it very much is a, you know, sort of a whole involved cast effort. So, man, the part about this rap story, they're labeling it as, as the Boba Fett origin story for the second anthology film, which I don't know. I, that's kind of something I think maybe they just use for the title of this article because I saw a funny tweet where I forget who said it, but it's like, we already got the Boba Fett origin story. It's called Attack of the Clones. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, like it or not, that's part of it. Yep. So, I mean, maybe it's just something they use as, I don't know, to generalize those. It's, this movie is going to be about Boba Fett. Or this could be where we see him like go on his first mission as a bounty hunter. Or maybe the origin of his reputation as the most uh, notorious bounty hunter in the galaxy. So yeah. maybe that's where they're getting it from. But I don't think it's going to be like the full origin story. Because like we said, we already got that <laughs> in episode two. So um, yeah, like you said, we talked about it earlier. It's It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and... I'm kind of tending to believe that the second anthology film will be centered on Boba Fett or he will be a part of that movie. It just makes sense from what we talked about earlier with Kathleen Kennedy's comments that she made in that Japanese uh, press interview. So I'm more tending to believe that this article is correct as far as the second anthology movie being about Boba Fett or him being in it. But as far as being a full, like, true origin story, that I'm just waiting to see on it. It's probably not going to be that, but they just use that word in there to post on the article to get a general idea for the movie to be about Boba Fett, but yeah. yeah. But I do kind of like that idea of maybe a, a quote unquote origin story, just really being about a young Boba Fett kind of coming into his own as a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking about that, I kind of thought of like Batman begins and it's like, it's not the origin story of how Bruce Wayne became Bruce Wayne because he's been Bruce Wayne his whole life. Even though, you know, when you think Bruce Wayne, you think Batman and he wasn't always Batman, but he's always been Bruce Wayne. Kind of the same thing with Boba Fett. Like he was a kid and his name was Boba Fett, but he wasn't always like the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. So we could see some, you know, that sort of transformation there. Um, Even though in Clone Wars, you know, we already see him kind of taking those steps as like a 12 or 13 year old kid. Um, but we could still kind of see like a, a more pivotal moment later on where he really is like, you know, 
I'm the best freaking bounty hunter in the galaxy. Exactly. And it plays into to why we didn't get the Boba Fett arc and Cad Bane arc finished in Clone Wars. Why 1313 mm-hmm. got canceled, but then they get, didn't get picked up again because I think they're saving for. Why did you have to remind me of that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Reopening old wounds, but yep. it goes into the point where they're saving that story for Boba Fett and for a movie. That's what I've been thinking this whole time. And we're going to, like you said, Coming with the Batman Begins comparison, where we're going to see him don the classic Mandalorian armor for the first time in a movie, because yeah, otherwise we would have gotten those stories. I think I think they're purposely like holding off on telling that part of Boba Fett's story in any other mediums in a movie. So that kind of makes me believe too, where that's where it's mainly going to be focused on. Yeah, and now my tired brain is running off on tangents about Boba Fett and Batman in the same movie, and how that would be the greatest thing known to man. But Just get Christian Bale part of it. <laughs> that's never going to happen. Um, so anyway, uh, that's that's pretty much all the stuff about the the anthology films and some of the rumors and details around that. That um, now there's there was also uh, you know this other thing going around recently, um, and this was just from a, a conference call that Bob Iger did with some investors. Um, but he had this interesting quote in here. Um, and people have kind of been just taking this and running with it, but the quote is just, he said, uh, we have said that with these channels and these brands, uh, ESPN, ABC, Disney, maybe even down the road, something related to Star Wars and Marvel, we do have an ability as a company to take products, specifically filmed entertainment, television, movies directly to consumers. Um, and so, you know, then everybody's thinking like, oh, you know, Marvel's pl- or Disney is planning specific TV channels for Star Wars and Marvel, um, which on the one hand, it's like, well, no, that's not what he said. He said possibly sometime down the line, like they're thinking about it. And when you've got two huge franchises like that, that have so much content and so much potential for new content, like how could you not think about it? Exactly. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Um, I, I would not complain if there was a Star Wars channel that showed, you know, one movie a day and, you know, ran reruns of Clone Wars and Rebels episodes all the time and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the possibility is certainly there, um, especially as they continue to make you know, new TV series and new, uh, you know, of course, episode seven, eight, nine, more standalone films. And you've just, you're going to have more and more content to um, you know, that you'd be able to air in circulation on a TV network if they did end up doing something like that. And if they were going to make a, uh, a live action Star Wars TV series, like we've heard rumored for a long time now. And, you know, we heard those rumors pick up again a little while ago. Um, and, you know, that's something where it's like, well, would it air on ABC? Would they make it a Netflix exclusive? If you had a specific Star Wars channel, it's like, there's your answer. That's the only place you're ever going to see Star Wars TV shows again for the rest of ever. So, um, yeah, that's certainly an an interesting possibility to think about. And, you know, same goes for Marvel. And, of course, you know, if Marvel does it, then DC is going to do it. And, uh, you know, you could have like a whole network of just superhero shows. Oh man, I would love nothing more for all this <laughs> this report to be true. The Marvel Channel and man, Star Wars would just be the, the top <laughs> on the list of have a channel just dedicated to Star Wars. I mean, like you said, movies, Clone Wars, and even they could run like some of the documentary stuff that were on the Blu-ray and DVD special features. I think they have enough content just right now even to 
fill like uh, time for a channel. And then once we get more episodes of Rebels and the sequel trilogy and anthology movie stuff, there's going to be more than enough to sustain a channel. So yeah, yeah. especially because you could also show you know Star Wars related stuff. Like you could show the Lego Star Wars animated exactly, specials. Yeah, you could show the uh, the Robot Chicken and the Family Guy parodies and fanboys and Spaceballs and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, like you said before, Bob Iker is kind of stating the obvious. Yeah, of course they're thinking about it. How can they not? So, yeah, if anything, maybe not a channel, but we're still, we've heard reports about that app that's supposed to have nothing but Star Wars content on there. I would think maybe that would come first and maybe that will evolve into a channel or something like that. Yeah, possibly. Or, you know, some kind of like streaming website or something, Um, you know, Netflix for Star Wars and Marvel exclusively or something like that. Yeah, it's just Man, how awesome would that be, so, though, is to have a channel like you can't sleep, just need to turn the TV on for something, put it on the Star Wars channel. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it would be just one of those cases of, like, I've got this movie on Blu-ray. I could watch it whenever I want, but I'm just going to sit here and watch the rest of it because it's on TV right now. Yeah, but <laughs> I do that all the time anyway when it Spike used to show it every weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, do they still do, like, the marathons every holiday? No, I was just about to say, they haven't done that in a while, I don't think. Maybe yeah, they lost remember, the rights to it. I, I still remember like a few years ago when Spike was like the first channel to get the broadcast TV rights to Star Wars. In fact, I'm sure that probably changed when uh, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, so that might have been when they stopped airing them, because I'm sure ABC's got the TV rights to it now. But uh, yeah, I mean, Spike used to like every Labor Day, Memorial Day, Thanksgiving weekend, whatever, they'd have you know Star Wars movies playing back-to-back. Yep, like you said, we have the Blu-rays, but it's always fun and nice just to turn to the channel and see it right then and there. <laughs> yep. Um, but so yeah, I would go like, why would you bother watching that when you got the Blu-rays sitting right there? <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> it's but the pod race is on right there. Like, I don't, have to, I don't have to watch the whole movie to get to it. It's just like the cool part's right there. Exactly. And then I'm just going to sit here and watch the whole rest of the movie after that because yeah. it's Star Wars <laughs> and I don't feel like getting up and turning it off. Even though with commercials, it'd be shorter to pop in Blu-ray, but who cares? <laughs> True. Um, of course, nowadays, it's like, oh, DVR, I can record it and then fast forward through the commercials. All the more reason for why would you not just watch the Blu-ray instead? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, us Star Wars fans are a mysterious lot. <laughs> we are. And, you know, I think there's, there is sort of an appeal, too, though, of like when you love something that much and you're like, Hey, that's cool. It's on TV. Like I'm not the only one watching this right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true too. Never really thought of it that way, but yeah, if it's on TV, you know, you're not the only one. Yeah. And not just that you're not the only one, but it's like, if it's, I, I don't know, it, it almost feels like a little bit of validation. Not like we need validation to be star Wars fans because like, I mean, all you have to do is look at the reaction that people have to that new trailer. And it's like, yeah, everybody loves this stuff, but um, you know, it's it's always cool to see something that you love like that on, you know, just on network TV, and it's like, oh, Star Wars for the the general public, and not just geeks like me. It's funny not to go off on another side tangent or whatever, but you're, oh, that's fine. We've done plenty of that already. <laughs> you're funny, how almost everyone loves the trailer. I was looking; it was either on a comment section on YouTube or some site, but it was for something totally unrelated to Star Wars. I forget, but it was about movies or something, and then. Someone said, is everyone really still excited about the Star Wars movie? Because people I talk to still really seem the trailer wasn't that great or they get them excited. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first time I ever seen 
someone say that, let alone doubt if there's anyone who's interested in this movie. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I guess it hasn't fully reached the point yet where it's everywhere as it's going to be, like we talked about, beginning September, where all you see is Star Wars. You need to see the hype for it. But I was like, man, there was actually some people out there who didn't get hype from it for the trailer or realize that there's tons of people who think it's amazing and can't wait for it. But I was like, huh. I mean, there's other people who really couldn't care less about Star Wars as much as it's hard to believe and they have their own mm-hmm. fandoms, but it just kind of threw me off for a little bit. Huh. Like, they do exist. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's it. End of my uh, tangent there. <laughs> I, it was short, so I kept it really brief. Yeah, nice short little tangent there so that we can uh, transition into one of our favorite things to talk about before we wrap up the episode here. Um, of course, we always got to talk some Star Wars Battlefront as we get super excited for that game um and uh this was just sort of an update on the game that was posted recently by nicholas figreus uh who's the design director on battlefront um and he posted an article on the website uh just kind of talking some more about the the behind the scenes process of making the game the the huge star wars fans that they have working on the game at the their team at dice um but he did confirm a couple of new details about the game uh, for example, the fact that you can uh, pilot the Millennium Falcon, um, which I think they had confirmed before. I, I didn't think that was quite new, but that, that was one thing that was, um, you know, that uh, some people were reporting like, oh, you can fly the Millennium Falcon in Battlefront. I'm like, well, if anybody didn't know that before, now they know. Um, and, uh, you know, I was talking about like some of the, the vehicles and the planets and stuff. Um, you know, you'll be able to... to use uh speeder bikes and atsts and uh and all that kind of fun stuff but they also confirmed that um we'll see uh for those of us who didn't get to see it uh, behind closed doors uh, see the gameplay footage at celebration uh, their first public gameplay footage is going to be shown at e3 this year um and i'm assuming that's going to be they said june 15th and i think that's when ea's press conference is um so definitely looking forward to that. I will have that marked on my calendar, although I'm kind of afraid because E3 is always like right in the middle of the week. And I don't know why they don't do this on a weekend yeah. or something, but I'm like, that's probably going to be like a Monday or Tuesday and I'll probably have to work and I probably won't be able to watch the live stream you know, at work as much as I'd like to, unless it's at like noon and I can do it on my lunch break. Um, but I'm like, man, you expect me to sit there knowing that they're live streaming a new battlefront trailer right now and expect me to just sit here and get work done that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah the 15th is a monday so they usually are in the afternoon because i know usually microsoft kicks off e3 in the morning and then ea usually has there like an hour or two after so maybe it will be in the afternoon at 12 p.m but i kind of have a feeling that we'll probably will get some type of trailer but i think what they're really going to show because they even mentioned that it is going to be uh gameplay they're going to show i think they're actually gonna have a live demo on stage maybe kind of what they did with battlefield a few years ago like have all like 50 something players on stage playing maybe not all on stage but there were 50 players playing that game as they were displaying it there so i think it's gonna be something like that where they're gonna have the maximum amount of players for this multiplayer match and then it's gonna walk us through a whole scenario and hopefully maybe more than one level but (laughs) it'd be cool if we got to see endor and hot does the two that are showing off, but more than likely it'll probably just be one, and then maybe on the show floor they'll have other levels you can choose from to play as, but as far as the actual press conference, I think we're just going to get a live multiplayer demo, which should be pretty cool, and definitely give us 
a definitive insight into what gameplay is going to be. I mean, you got to see a little bit at Celebration, Kyle, with that short demo they had there. But I think this is going to be more of that, but just kind of set to the extreme where they're going to show a lot more of the features, a lot more of the different characters and vehicles and stuff. So, yeah, I can't wait. It's definitely going to be the most anticipated game I'm looking forward to at E3 this year. Yeah, and I know because this kind of just seems to be like where all their stuff is set so far, like I'm thinking it'll probably be on Endor. Like that's the gameplay footage we saw. But because I've seen Endor already, I'm hoping it's on a new planet. Um, and I'm kind of hoping it's on Sullus because that's that's like their new planet that they're designing for the game. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think that is kind of one of the big selling points. It's like, oh, you've heard this planet mentioned in the classic trilogy and we're showing it, you know, sort of the, the canon appearance of this planet for the first time in this game so i think that would be kind of cool to show that off in the gameplay footage um i'm getting a little greedy here but how awesome would it be if they showed some of the battle of jakku jakku dlc <laughs> i mean it, i don't think they usually feature dlc content too much for a game that's not even out yet <laughs> they yeah. want to showcase the stuff that's going to be on the disc but uh, i just want to see more of that jakku battle <laughs> yeah i certainly would not complain but I mean, they maybe they would show, like, a little bit of that as part of a larger presentation, but I don't think that would be, like, the big first thing that they show. Because, yeah, like you said, it would seem weird to be showing off DLC before you show what's actually shipping with the game. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. Just in general, like, I'm really excited for this E3. Um, between Battlefront and actually getting to see some real gameplay footage from it this year... And the fact that, I mean, we haven't really heard any reports about this, but I kind of get the feeling we might get an announcement for the other new Star Wars game that they're working on with uh, Visceral, just because we've heard about that for so long. I think even like two years ago when they first announced Battlefront, um, you know, it, it was either around that time or shortly after that, uh, they said that Visceral was working on a Star Wars game as well. And we haven't heard uh, you know, anything at all about that game since then, except from, you know, a few rumors here and there, but nothing official. So I'm like, okay, it's finally time for that game to, you know, let the cat out of the bag. Um, yeah. Kind of what we got for two E3s ago with that first battlefront teaser on Hoth with the snow speeder and the ATAT. Yeah. It's like maybe a 52nd minute long trailer that just shows us a little glimpse and reveals the name of the new game. Yeah, and normally I would get a little greedy and want to see more than that, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to have a new Battlefront game to hold me over till that game comes out anyways, so, you know, whatever. I just want a little, you know, like you said, a little teaser announcement or something like that. But then also, uh, between just some of the other games I'm excited for, like Rock Band 4 and Mass Effect 4. And, yeah, hopefully uh, something for Mass Effect 4. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the fact that they've shown that off at previous E3s before, and, you know, really just barely teased it but i'm like i I would hope that they'd have at the very least kind of a little developer diary type thing like uh like dice had for battlefront last year but um you never know maybe they'll have a surprise trailer or some gameplay footage or something from that um because that is also you know something i'm hugely looking forward to um and then of course you know there's stuff like batman arkham knight and you know some of these other cool games that are coming out yeah i'm also really hoping to see something for uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, I'm just a big fan of that game series, but if they showcase a lot of the worlds that are going to be in that game and then one of them announces a Star Wars world <laughs> that you get to go to, uh, that'd be awesome. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Well, speaking of Disney games with Star Wars worlds in them, uh, 
Thank you for handing me that segue on a silver platter, Tim. Uh, no because problem. they did announce that uh, Disney Infinity 3.0 is going to be coming. Uh, let's see, does this have a release date yet? I'm not sure, but it is going to have all kinds of Star Wars content in here. Um, and I have to admit, I haven't really kept up with these Disney Infinity games. I mean, I kind of know what it is. I, you know, I've heard of these games as they come out and I know that the 2.0 was with all the Marvel characters and stuff. And this is this game where like you buy action figures and then that sort of like translates to characters or power-ups or whatever within the game itself. Um, and I know there's a lot of sort of like fun, creative, like world building kind of stuff that goes on. Um, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine about it just recently and, uh, you know, he was telling me that he was all into it and like playing it and stuff. Um, and actually it was, uh, our friend Joey who snagged us the, uh, Battlefront shirts there at Celebration. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I told him like, just from what I've heard or what I know of the game, it kind of sounds like a Lego Star Wars game without the Legos. Um, but just in the fact that it's kind of like the, one of those, you know, fun, uh, creative type of games where, you know, there's some action and some story to it, but it's kind of a like for all ages type game. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I haven't bought any of the first two games, but I might have to go and check the Star Wars one out. At the same time, I'm kind of scared. Like the fact that you can buy action figures to to do stuff in the game. I'm like, I'm either going to get turned off by that and think like, no, I don't want to like have to pay extra for figures to to do more stuff in this game. Or I'm going to just go all in and just blow all my money on action figures just so I can unlock everything in the game and do everything and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I've, I've got bigger Star Wars games on my plate and on my priority list at the moment. But, uh, you know, for people who are fans of this game and for fans of Star Wars, obviously this is uh, something exciting that will be coming up here uh, in the not too distant future like i said i don't i'm looking at the press release here and i don't know if this has a uh, an, a release date yet but it's coming yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as you i've never played a disney infinity game i know about them but not like all the fine details of how it works and yeah i'm kind of in the mindset right now where it looks cool i mean i love the art style for it and the level designs look cool i like that they're including Clone Wars prequel and original trilogy characters all in one. So that's technically one up it has on Battlefront already. But (laughs) (laughs) not to go into that again. But uh, I do like they're encompassing all of Star Wars. So, uh, But the whole thing, like you said, with the figures. Now, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure to play as the characters, you need to buy the figures. And that's something that actually is kind of making me not (laughs) want to get into the game because... It's one of those things where you got to invest more money into something where really it should be already in the game to select these characters now. Maybe it's something different. Like, see, that's where my lack of knowledge of Disney Infinity is coming in. Where uh, the only thing I compare right now is uh, what's the new Smash Brothers that came out and how they're releasing those amiibo figures. Now, those like create like another, like it enhances uh, an AI character that boosts its stats and you can level it up as you play along against it. So you don't necessarily need to buy those toy figures to unlock the characters in the game. That's where I don't know where Disney Infinity is. Do you need those characters to actually play them or do they just boost boost their stats and they're already unlocked there? If that's the case, then yeah, it's not, it wouldn't be that bad where if they're already unlocked and I can just play as is. But if you need to buy the characters, which I think it is, then that's something where I don't know if I can really get invested in because you're already paying for the game and then you got to buy this extra stuff just to be these characters. Like, uh, I don't know if I can invest that much money into it, but uh, like I said, the premise and the art style of it looks really fun. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Legos game, so it 
does seem similar to that, like Joey was saying. But um, yeah, like you said, I think I'll probably just wait till Battlefront comes out. But <laughs> if what didn't have the whole figure thing tied to it, I probably definitely would check it out. But it's like you said, definitely cool for those who are fans of the first two Disney Infinities and were Star Wars fans too. I mean, I'm sure you were hoping for this day to come where Star Wars gets added to that because just the idea of having Star Wars characters interact with uh, Marvel and other Disney characters is pretty cool. I mean, they have that teaser uh, trailer for it where you see a bunch of the Disney and Marvel characters see the one, of the, I believe it's the Falcon that lands down there and they're wondering who it's there. And then you see like some of the Star Wars characters come out. So just seeing them all interact together would be pretty cool. So yeah, it's definitely great for the fans of the Disney Infinity series. But like you said, don't know when it's coming out. I would assume it's going to be holiday because this is one of those type of games that makes sense to release around that the fall holiday period. So my guess would probably be November sometime and probably around E3. I'm sure we'll get a date for it. So yeah, it was a feature cover for Game Informer and they have like a special hub section on their site that's updated daily, I believe, for like kind of new info and content that you can want to check out. So yeah, it's definitely cool that it's happening. But like, again, I probably won't be the most eager person to go out and check it out though. Yeah, well, and especially if it's coming out around holiday, like, I think there might be another Star Wars game I'll be spending more time playing around <laughs> that time period. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is something else that we'll see more of at E3, and so, uh, I mean, between that and Battlefront, like I said, hopefully some kind of announcement of the, the visceral Star Wars game. Um, and I actually, there should be something from Bioware as well. Um, now, I'm going to try to dig this thing out real quick yeah so when i was at uh celebration and went to this old republic cantina tour um they handed out like these wristbands with the the hashtag uh swtor and then hashtag fallen empire um and the the date six fifteen fifteen on there and uh i mean they've released like a couple teaser images online too um, as to what this, you know, about this fallen empire thing. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. It sounds like it's probably just going to be another expansion for the old Republic, but they just had a kind of big expansion come out not too long ago. Um, and you know, the fact that, I mean, obviously the 15th is the, the EA press conference at, uh, yeah, at E3. And so I'm like, I'm guessing this is probably going to be part of that. And as far as I can remember, I mean, the Old Republic used to be a big thing at E3 before the game actually came out, and they released those awesome cinematic trailers yeah. there. But since the game came out, I don't remember them ever announcing any of the expansions or anything like that at E3. And so this makes me think that maybe this is something bigger. Um, you know, maybe Bioware is working on some other Star Wars game that we don't know about, except that they're also using the, you know, the Old Republic hashtag in this. So I'm like, it's probably something related to that. So maybe it's just a really big expansion. Maybe they're just trying to hype it up more this time and get more people to buy the game. I don't know what's going on. The sort of crazy theory in the back of my mind that I'm thinking like, nah, that's not going to happen, but maybe it'll happen is that maybe this is going to be like star Wars Knights of the old Republic three, the fallen empire. Um, 
And again, you know, I'm like, I highly doubt that. I've known people for years who were like, forget this stupid MMO. We want KOTOR 3. And I'm one of the people that's like, guys, get over yourselves. Like, KOTOR 3 is not happening. They keep saying that the Old Republic is like KOTOR 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's got all these different stories in it and stuff. So, you know, I'm I'm happy with the Old Republic. I like the game. I'm not, like, demanding a KOTOR 3. So this isn't like some silly pipe dream of mine but i'm just like it's one of those things in the back of my head like could that be what this is i don't know um but it's it's certainly you know something else that i'm kind of waiting to see what happens with that and uh, kind of excited to see what that ends up being um so you know for anyone else that uh you know plays the old republic or is fans of the old knights of the old republic games or fans of bioware you know that's uh, you know just something else that's kind of mysterious but something to keep an eye on at e3 for sure yeah, but if it has that date on there, then yeah, something's going down on that day. Yeah, <laughs> how cool would it be to get Visceral's project? Because we knew Bioware in that official press release when EA got the license, they mentioned Bioware as developing one of the new games. So maybe we'll get that too. I mean, how cool would that be to get two new announcements? Yeah, um, that would be amazing, <laughs> especially because we really haven't heard anything about a Bioware game, as far as I know. Um, and I do remember them being mentioned in the press release, but did they specifically? state that bioware was working on a new game i believe so when i read it i got the impression that it wasn't just uh the old republic that they're mentioning bioware i think it was for what new projects they were going to be working on in development so okay, i think it's something new it, it seemed like i mean it's been a while since i read it but just from what i remember it kind of seemed like okay they're definitely making battlefront and then visceral is going to be making a new star wars game and then bioware like might work on something new at some point or you know we've got that possibility too or something or maybe you know something's in the early planning stages or whatever but um yeah i don't know i mean like i said i'm definitely excited to to keep my keep an eye on this and see what it ends up being because like i said on the one hand i feel like this is just going to be another old republic expansion and then on the other hand something just tells me like it's going to be a little bit bigger than that yeah maybe it could be like a game set in the old republic era but it's going to be kind of a spin-off game where it's going to be on consoles and stuff and not just uh update for the pc one but a whole new separate game that's part of that series that would yeah, be cool i would not complain about that yeah. <laughs> well yeah like i said i mean if it's like a single player rpg for for pc or consoles or whatever like i'm totally down with that yep <laughs> and e3 should be uh, another day that to be most anticipating as star wars fans to get here it's just a uh, about a little under a month away now, so but hopefully some good stuff will be announced there. Just to not only get our excitement for Star Wars movies at a high, but a Star Wars gamings too, because <laughs> we had the high for celebration that Vanity Fair article, and then hopefully June will be kind of our excitement for the upcoming games, not just for yep. Battlefront, because that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, now I'm I'm getting excited thinking about all these possibilities again. But um, <laughs> yeah, obviously. You know, a uh, hugely exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Like you said, not just for movies, but for games and all this other stuff as well. So, um, man, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up for this episode. Um, unless you, uh, you know, got any closing thoughts or anything you want to end with? I'll just say that we're entering the summer now. We're going to be hitting June. And this is really kind of the last period where I don't want to call it a lull because we're going to be getting some good information. But once we 
get through summer or in September, like we mentioned, September 4th, it's going to be go time, man. It's, oh, during absolutely. the fall and winter, it's all going to be about The Force Awakens. And we just got to make it through like this little three-month period now for where the excitement, I mean, it's going to going to take to a whole nother level when we get to the fall. So we're almost there. <laughs> Force Awakens, it's, we're just that much closer. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah. So get ready to, uh, you know, be be kind and patient when all your Star Wars oblivious friends, you know, start coming up to you be like, hey, did you hear there's a new Star Wars movie coming yeah. out? <laughs> <laughs> like, where have you been the last three years? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like you said, it's just going to be, you know, warp speed pretty soon. Um, we're going to hit that hyperdrive, but so it, it would be kind of cool if, uh, you know, June is just the month that we focus on E3 and, and Battlefront and the video games and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of summer, get, you know, back full throttle into movie mode. Um, yeah. It's except that become... Battlefront's coming out before episode seven. So, you know, that, that's just going to be part of the hype train that we're riding along. Mm-hmm. It's coming to that point too. Now better start like really enjoying this time where like leading up to the hype before the movie comes out, because, We've been through it with other movies we're excited for. I mean, it goes by pretty quick, as much as it seems so far away. I mean, it's, when we look back on it, it's going to be, man, where did that time go? So, like, the hype, as we said a lot of times before, is half the fun of experiencing new Star Wars movies. So, like, this time period, we're in, like, the thrust of it. So, it's about to kick off even faster and, like, faster and more intense, as George Lucas would say. So, yeah. another thing to be just to enjoy it because it's an awesome time right now. Yep. Um, all right. So yeah, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for us. Um, you know, thank you guys for tuning in for those of you who've been sending us, uh, you know, tweets and messages on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, you know, thank you guys for just being involved in the discussion. And, uh, you know, we love talking Star Wars with all you guys on social media. Um, you know, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars. The saga continues. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com, and you can uh, check out all these news stories and rumors and stuff on our website, as well as find older episodes of the podcast on uh, starwarstsc.com. Um, so, yeah, like I said, that's uh, going to just about do it for us on this episode, and uh, as always, we will be back with a new episode to talk about more cool stuff whenever new cool stuff happens or comes up. Uh, And, you know, we'll just be back talking some more Star Wars with you guys. So uh, until then, may the Force be with you, and we will see you next time. See you next time, everybody. 